Father, the merger has begun. Earth is under attack. And it is glorious! The Earth was created in six days! So too shall it be destroyed! And on the seventh day, movie boys will rest in peace! Oh, that is, that is the moment when you know <laughs> you're really in for something special. I mean, it was... First of all, my, my first thought was, this isn't how the last movie ended. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. My second thought was, ha ha, holy fuck, ha ha, Dexter's dad from Dexter has replaced Christopher Lambert. Yes. And then my third one was, Shao Kahn, what? <laughs> and that really set the tone for the rest of the film, was that moment of Shao Kahn, what? When, when Shao Kahn does his first flippy jump of the film, <laughs> one of many... He can't so get from place jumps. to place without flippy jumping. And a lot of other people have to jump everywhere as well. They're like those, um, uh, the, the Chinese vampires. Uh, <laughs> they have to just hop from place to place. Uh, it's, yeah, the, the moment Shao Kahn opened his fucking mouth and spoke, and he speaks like this consistently from beginning to end, <laughs> like he's either trying to suppress a laugh Suppress a cry or suppress both laughter and sobbing at the same time. He sounds so emotionally unkempt. I don't know how to describe his delivery. And I swear I've seen him in other things. Um, I mean, in this, he looks like Kurt Angle just took jumping lessons at the community college. Uh, but I, I swear I've seen him in other things. Brian Thompson, I think his name is. Uh, and in this, I don't know what he was going for. Like, this giggling, crying, yet still quite deeply bellowing, skull-faced man who loses the skull really early on, so we just see his weird, gurning face the whole time. I'd have kept the mask. It's not like it was fucking Hugo weaving under there. It's not like it was a, a big actor you had to show off. He looks weird. With his face. Hi, Jim. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this film does to you, by the way. I'm sorry oh. I immediately, like, just splooged movie juice all over the, the <laughs> listener's face. But, sorry, this is the spin-off Doctors, um, a.k.a. the Movie Boys. Uh, I'm Jim Sterling. I'm, I'm with Conrad Zimmerman. Hello, Conrad. Hello, Jim. <laughs> So, no, you're right, yeah. though. Like, this is a special, special thing. And I think it came out <laughs> of left field for both of us. Yes, it like, did. I was, expecting, I was expecting it to be bad. I, mean, I, was, I was expecting certainly. boring. Like, yeah. the way it had been described to me before as just, you know, as bad as Mortal Com the first Mortal Kombat was good. Which, Mortal Kombat is not a good movie, but it is a very enjoyable you know, B movie for me. I, a very it's, enjoyable. It's competent. Yeah. In a way that a lot of these films aren't. It's. It, I mean, it, yeah. And it, it showcases actual fighting. It shows actual martial arts, which a lot of these movies don't. Um, right. Especially and, the fighting and, games. You know, I mean, you can. You can. And we have. You know, made great fun of the CG in it and things yeah. like that. But Allegedly, to like seven hundred million listeners. 
Oh dear. Um, yes, yeah, we have made fun of the bad elements, but it is still a movie I watch routinely, um, recreationally, although I don't inhale. And and it makes I, like from yeah. a filmmaking perspective. Mortal Kombat Annihilation makes the original Mortal Kombat look like <laughs> like an Oscar contender. I mean the CGI, like when you when you weigh the advancing years against the shittiness of the CGI in Annihilation and how it makes you look at the original Mortal Kombat shitty cartoon reptile and think, "Oh, you know what? That weren't so bad. That was at least passing reboot." What amazes me about the CGI in Mortal Kombat Annihilation is how it's stop-motion CGI. Yes, how did they do that? They move like the monsters in Jason and the fucking Argonauts. It's incredible. So, yeah, you've got CGI that moves like it's like fucking plasticine models. Um, in fact, worse than that, like the frame rate on them. And, and to, I realise I'm being the ultimate fucking... Uh, elitist gamer critic by now complaining about frame rate in a film but my god my god it makes it makes dragon ball z look smooth as fucking silk my friend uh it, it's so hard to describe when the when the inexplicable dragon and the hydra fight at the end and why am i saying that um it looks like it could have been from like an old roger corman film yes that's yeah. that's the level we're talking here like roger corman bad um, but but also I think Roger Corman entertaining like Roger Corman on a good day, uh, entertaining. Um, there is so much. There is so like like I live tweeted at the cost of many followers. Worth it, by the way. I couldn't stop live tweeting about this. Um, it was like Donald Trump's presidency. I swore I wouldn't, but I couldn't stop tweeting about it and. And screenshotting as much as I could, and I was so thrilled to find that you had gifts on offer. Um, oh yes, yeah, I, I will have. I will have more gifts. Excellent. I will have more gifts. I think ahead of this podcast, um, I might do a, a, a gallery collection on the site. Collecting. Well, I was. I was. Uh, and... I keep meaning to put out supplements with the full like working script. Oh, that would be good. And I can throw gifts in there and post yeah. it. So I will do that for this one, and, and there will be a link in the description. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get that sort because because people need to like they need to see Baraka. They need to see yeah. that shot of Baraka dressed as a comedy pirate, um, with human hands coming through rubber forearms, so obviously with a face mask that you can see the man's face through the mouth of. Like you need to see that. You need to see Cyrax. You need to hear Cyrax. You, <laughs> you need to you need to see the 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 bit where the metal arms are ripped off of Jacks. You need to. There's so much. You need to see all of everything Sindrel does. Sindel, sorry. You need to that Nightwolf. Like there's not much <laughs> of him, but good. Golly God, does he make use of the screen time he has? <laughs> like, I, during my live tweet storm earlier, I asked the question, how can one movie have many best character of the movie characters? <laughs> 
Because this yeah. does. Because every time, it was almost every time in the aside from a few boring ones, um, mainly the original cast, with the exception of Jax, um, and you know some of the the nondescript ninjas that they had there just for fights. Um, and by original cast, we should we should well clarify. Yeah, we should yeah. clarify characters previously <laughs> seen. In the yes. last Mortal Kombat movie. Prior because characters. the cast has not come back. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not everyone came back for this one. I think Ed Boon came back for Scorpion. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> to deliver the one of the best lines. Again, like it, it also has many best lines of the movie. I can't pick one. Uh, but, but every character that... Every new character that, that's there to be a character not just a fight scene every new character that shows up is the new best character of the movie and sometimes that crown is then wrestled away from a prior character who you've just realized looks hilarious wearing that black leather jacket with those metal arms <laughs> that are clearly bits of gray it's... plastic and spray paint on his actual arms. Every time you think you've got a new favorite character, Jax gets a little more screwed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like through the through the miasma of this film's incredible beautiful awfulness, Jax can easily get lost. And it's like the picture of him becomes clearer and clearer like you're sobering <laughs> up throughout the rest of the film. So that by the time we get to the moral of his character arc, which is you which, didn't by the way, need he's metal like arms the all one along. with a character arc. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, Sonya has one as well. It's just it's not mentioned until until Jax's when they realize both of those characters had nothing to do. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. Sonya has a character arc. It's just it, none of it happens until the conclusion, which is a single line from Jax when he said, you asked for help. And I'm like, oh, was her character that she refuses to ask for help? I, no, and that I didn't been, catch that among that the Power Rangers the monsters that kept turning. That's true. Yeah, could have been. But all memories of other films had long slipped from my mind. Basically, well, yeah. by the time Cyrax turned up is when I was broken. And then beyond yes. that, I was just giggling and cackling. And I think if the movie had been just five minutes longer, I'd be writing on the walls in my own shit, like <laughs> fucking the Marquis de Sade from Quills. <laughs> Which is the first film I've been able to recollect since fucking this one. And I think it's well, it, fitting it's one about the marquee. Here, here's another interesting facet of this experience, like, just from my perspective, is that like I was pretty familiar with Mortal Kombat to a point. Um, that point yeah. is Mortal Kombat 3. Okay. Which is the basis for this one. Yes. For this movie. Yes, because I recognize a lot of characters that... Because I, I I was familiar... Like, uh, rather familiar, I'll say. Because uh, I was never a big fighting game player, but I sort of played a lot. So I was rather familiar with Mortal Kombat uh, for the first two. And mm -hmm. this, I could tell, was based on the latter stuff because these were characters I recognized from magazine screenshots and, like seeing it on the TV rather than being able to ever play it. So they were distantly familiar, unlike the more sort of properly familiar characters in the first film. 
Well, but it is it is the point where, you know, I mean, at the risk of trying to put too much um, <laughs> expectation on the writing of Mortal Kombat game storyline. Yeah, which by this point I think is just... I think it's just laughter in a bag full of ants. I think that that sums up the story of Mortal but, Kombat at this point. Well, but Mortal Kombat 3 is where, you know, like, okay, we really need to flesh out the roster more. They added a ton yeah. of characters into that one. Is that the one and... that had a tiger-looking man in it? Or was that a different game altogether? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's I there matters. have been... Well, I know there have been games where you've fought as tiger men. But... Yeah, but th- this one looked especially Thundercats-ish. I don't know. It don't. It doesn't matter. It literally but, doesn't matter because right. This but is... it, it is. It's you know. And then they introduce like some of the stranger elements, like the animalities, <laughs> and uh, I, 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 were babalities added then, or were those in Mortal Kombat two? Oh, fuck knows. Fuck knows. I mean, it, I'm. I'm. I, like I say, I'm. I I, I absorbed my Mortal Kombat. Thing, uh, knowledge through cultural osmosis more than anything else. So yeah. I know a lot about characters and uh, uh, and I've seen a lot of supplementary material. You read comics or cartoons of it and shit when I was a kid. Um, watch my brother play the games a lot. But, but I have, I I have on a couple of occasions like done that the same thing that you know I do with wrestling the professional wrestling. I have no interest in professional wrestling. Yeah. Like, I won't watch. Yeah. I don't care. But I will go on a Wikipedia yes. rabbit hole. I've I've done the same thing with Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah. 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 So um, I, I've done a bit of that, but like I just I really don't know who these people are that are in this. <laughs> I don't think it matters too much because no, like even it really the doesn't ones because none of I the was... new characters are given anything. Yeah, like even the ones I were familiar with though, like 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 Sindel, like I, I'm relatively familiar, familiar enough to get it. Yeah. Um, this movie is just so relentless, and that's at one point I out loud exclaimed to myself that word, like like it's so relentless. It never stops being well, I, I, weird and full of fighting and topping itself. Like it hits a new crescendo every ten minutes of something out there and bizarre that that is almost indescribably awful and brilliant at the same time that that a lot of it is it doesn't matter whether you know Mortal Kombat or not or even if you've seen the first film it's just something to be staring at agape so and this is this sort of ties into what I think is is uh, the strongest praise uh, I can give to this film from the perspective yeah. of it being a uh, an adaptation of a video game, you know, which is ostensibly the reason for why we're talking about it. True. Um, and that is that it perfectly encapsulates the narrative delivery of a Mortal Kombat game. <laughs> That's true. That yes, yes, it does. Um, I mean, in many ways, it is true to the spirit of Mortal Kombat the same way the first one is, um, which I, you know, I, I give the first one praise for that, for even if it changes things and alters a lot of stuff. Um, it's, it, it's one of the, one of those few movies that really try to stick to the just out there spirit 
of of the game it's based on. And this one, I mean, it, it does the best with the five bucks that was spent on it. I'll say that much. It It's still got good fight scenes. That's what really gets me. Like, some of them are struggling to see through the rubber masks, but... There are still genuinely good fight scenes in this film where they've gotten actual kung fu people and actual martial artists to do the shit uh, rather than, you know, use quick cuts and editing to make it look like actors and stunt people are fighting. I um, mean, there's still a fair bit of that. Let's let's be fair. I mean, there is, yeah. there is, but, but the action is, I still find, genuinely entertaining. Uh, there is a genuine entertainment to the action sequences that are then supplemented by the heaps and heaps and heaps of sheer orgasmic pleasure I got from everything I don't think I was supposed to be laughing at. Right. Like uh, Sub-Zero I... flying in like fucking Superman. And that's this... his debut for his five minutes of film. I, I, I was, uh, as I was finishing up, I had a thought, and and I expressed this to my wife. Uh, This film is a visual feast if you apply the Fregan philosophy to your film appreciation. Okay. Freganism is a a practice that some people uh, engage in wherein they get their food from dumpsters. That is what this is. If you... Like visual dumpster trash in mil- in films. Like if that's what you subsist on. And and I know you're out there. I'm one of them. Like this is yeah, this is I, like I get it. I get it. This is like opening up a dumpster and finding truffles. Right? Mortal Kombat Annihilation is trash truffles. Yeah. <laughs> These are some tasty trash rooms. <laughs> it is such a delicious film. And honestly, like, this is pretty out there for me to say. And some people are, because I know some people do genuinely hate this film. Um, and, and a lot, you know, the other one I'm going to mention has a lot more, you know, clear cut fans. I enjoyed this more than The Room in terms of top tier bad movies. I think this is my new favourite one ever. Uh, and I don't say that lightly because I am a huge fan of shitty films. You know, uh, Movie Defence Force was a, was a thing for a reason. I'm sorry, I almost said is a thing for a reason. Oops. Uh, was a thing for a reason. Uh, uh, and this, I just, Jesus fucking Christ. When Cyrax talks... <laughs> I know I keep bringing that up, but like it's such—it's the worst Darth Vader impression you've ever heard coming out of the worst Power Rangers monster you've ever seen. Oh, I was waiting. I was wondering which one of us would be first to say Power Rage. <laughs> like, like all the costumes, all the this costumes. Looks like are, a Saban production. Yeah, or, or in some cases, cough, Baraka, cough, way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them get to Saban level. And some of them are, are poorly left wanting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I almost, like, like it's it's about time we say let's let's do the synopsis, but I, the first thing I want to say is do we want to talk about James Remar cosplaying first as a Pentecostal granny and second as 
your brother emulating Sting. Because both his costumes are fucking fantastic. So, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I think of James Remar as, like, the guy you would get because you can't get Lance Henriksen. Right. R- right, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, and it, Lance Henriksen would have been a really good ride. <laughs> I mean, at this point, anyone would have. Um, yeah. I've got this. I've got this personal thing about James Remar that that makes him especially amusing to me. So I did get a lot of joy from seeing him in that role. Um, mm-hmm. Just oh god, it was just beautiful. Like he, when I say Pentecostal Granny, I'm not kidding. Like they've tried to dress him up like Christopher Lambert's uh, Raiden, and I'm not saying Christopher Lambert pulled it off. But compared to Rima, he pulled it off with he, a plum. He felt com- he seemed comfortable in that outfit, in that garb. Yeah, like where Rima, not like so much. No, and and I don't think like it's all. I almost feel like because there's an inexplicable costume change for Ryder at the unless it's based on another game. Um, well, or or no, yeah. I'd, I don't think I've ever seen him like that. I mean, I've, I've not seen many people look like that outside of 80s pop music. But, yeah, when he comes down, James fucking Remo, which, again, like, if you don't know who that is, Dexter's dad from Dexter, uh, and he's done other things. James fucking Remo beams down in a sleeveless leather vest with the once long white hair now cut short, blonde, and he's just like, hey, new look, and I'm just like, what? And and why do some of you keep spinning around before you deliver lines? Why do sometimes people just spin and jump? Why do this film? Sometimes why do this film? Why didn't they just get Dennis Hopper to play, um, what's his face? The main bad guy? Shao Kahn? Not Shao Kahn, the the other guy with the S. Shinnok, that's it. Because they got a guy who looks like Dennis Hopper, and that delighted me. Yeah, a little bit. With the budget this was working with at the time, they could have got Dennis Hopper. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Instead, they got someone who... This was a $30 million film, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) In in $1997 (laughs) dollars. Where did the fucking money go? I don't know. That's actually a really excellent question. That I, I think it demands I an answer. I, I didn't realize that was the budget. I <laughs> didn't realize. I didn't realize it had a budget. Like I, <laughs> I thought it was. You know, again to bring him up. I thought it was Sub Roger Corman. But he, now I'm actually angry. At first, I was just a little bit disappointed that he wasn't Dennis Hopper. But now that it's Dennis Hopper who sounds like Dennis Hopper doing an impersonation of Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> now I'm just angry. Because they could have got Dennis Hopper. They could have got actual celebrities for this film. Yeah. Anyone. Instead, I think the the top well, billing you the could per- give would be to role Rima. to put a celebrity into. Yes. Because he does know none of the fightings. You know, you can have him. He's a central character. He gets a fair bit of screen time. Yeah. And it, you know, it's 
normally a, a game movie, um, even a sequel will at least attempt to find some sort of star draw. They'll but, attempt. But, I mean, yeah, to... you're right. I mean, they didn't even. I mean, fucking hell! Even uh, in the name of the king, two has someone we've heard of before. Right. I forgot who Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, like it, they at least got Dolph. You could have found something for Dolph to do in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, right. But I honestly, that 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 is kind of spoiled, bratty whining at this point because we're really squab- squabbling compared to what the film gives us. Like we're looking a gift horse in the mouth because the f- the movie is a treasure. As far as I'm concerned, it is an absolute joy. Um, there are so many characters to mention that are brilliant. There are great lines uh, and just, I guess we better get on with the synopsis. Yeah, I, I guess, because, <laughs> oh my God, this thing. Death is the only way out. Major Briggs, Sonya Blade, Shao Kahn will be pleased. Shao what? Mortal Kombat. I think they just reused the intro from the first one and then added the word annihilation. Probably. Like at I'm this pretty point, sure that's what happened. Yeah. Um, Would be more Harry Morgan recounts. Harry Morgan. Harry Morgan recounts in voiceover <laughs> that Liu Kang and some other people defeated Shang Tsung, ensuring the safety of Earthrealm for a generation. Now, I gotta just, I gotta, I gotta, mm, gotta point something out here. Like, continuity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. technically speaking, they should have saved Earthrealm for, at minimum, nine generations. Yeah, yeah. You know, because cause they have to win ten consecutive tournaments for out. So, already fucking up, guys. Like, yeah. the first yeah. 30 seconds. I mean, let's uh, face it. The first movie might as well never have happened in this one. Like, aside from, I guess, Sub-Zero, there's no continuity to speak of. No, not really. And it, I mean, it, here's, I guess the thing. (sighs) It's like, it's continuity optional. That's the thing. It's like, there are some scenes that mentions and references, but you might as well throw it out the fucking window. Yeah, well, it's right. Well, the film does, literally does, just that. Like, um, all right, well, well, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yes. Uh, so, Liu Kang returns to his Shaolin Temple, but the skies go dark, and then bad ninjas show up. Like, up to the point, you know, the skies go dark, it looks like it, it was the ending from yeah, the movie. Yeah, like, like just how, about. how this one was supposed to start. Right, and then it suddenly diverts. Yeah. We get a whole bunch of uh, ninjas dropping in. Yeah. Shao Kahn doesn't appear in the clouds like Mufasa, like he, like he does in the, the film. It's ninjas first. Mm-hmm. And then um, a veritable freak buffet. <laughs> yep. With, uh, char- okay, so, and, and, and now, and these are, like, all new characters, I think, at least in the context of Mortal Kombat 3. Right. Um, you have, I think it's Motaro. Motaro, yeah. He's a centaur guy. You have Shiva. Um, you have, uh, I, I think that's Ermac, the red ninja. Um, is that correct? Yes, it is. Yes, it's Ermac, yeah. Okay, and um, I think Rain is there. Rain is the other one, yeah. Um, some of these uh, I 
because I've got the Amazon X-ray. Didn't have any facts attached, but they had the cast and character. Uh, it's incidentally the only way I knew that Mylena was in this film, and it was Mylena uh, because yeah. she doesn't get. <laughs> they given never a name. say her name. No, she yeah. only says "You wish," which apparently is something of an in joke among people familiar with this film because of a Doug Walker review where he dubbed her "You wish." Uh, because she wasn't given a fucking name, um, but yes, yes. So, so where were we at? Um, um, yeah, Ermac and Rain, and they're they're uh, led by Outworld Emperor and Skeletor cosplayer Shao Kahn. Yes, as- right. well, ostensibly Shao Kahn. <laughs> he it, declares it's some that crying, laughing man. <laughs> he declares that mankind will be destroyed in six days. Yes. Now. Confused, Liu Kang asks Raiden about the whole winning Mortal Kombat, closing the portals outworld thing. And in response, Raiden explains how doors and windows work. Like, that's literally what he does. He says, well, a thing that can be closed can be opened again. It's like, well, then what was the point of your fucking yeah. rules? What was the yeah. point? So, the, so at this moment, the film just says, you know what? Yeah, you didn't need to see the first movie because nothing that happened don't matter. Doesn't matter because <laughs> some doors that are closed can be opened. Well, apparently, just any door. It doesn't matter. And Fucking then Katana hell. sees her mother Sindel, who <gasps> seems totally happy to see her in a crazed, murdery sort of way. Yeah, and let me just say right now, like we we talked about how every character that turns up is the best character. A lot of people, when I was tweeting about it and talking about it, a lot of people were hyping up Sindel to me, and I do have to say she is a scene stealer. She, there is something special about her that, for most of the film, you don't see, uh, because like it's I was looking at it, is what it is. Yeah, I was like, why is she funny? Why is everyone like loving her so much? Like she's fun to look at with a weird smile, but. Over the course of the film, a bit like Jack's, over the course of the film, like it just becomes more apparent how brilliant she is. So let me just say right now, Sindel, very beautiful and such a talent. <laughs> Raiden and Shao Kahn fight. Or Raiden, sorry. I got to make sure to pronounce that correctly. Uh, yeah, Raiden and Shao Kahn fight. Raiden's kicking ass until one of the ninja throws Shao Kahn a whip to the horror of Raiden. Like, he seems really, really terrified by the introduction of this whip to the fight. Very upset by it. Yep. Shao Kahn uses the whip to ensnare Sonya and pulls her to him, steps on her neck, telling Raiden to surrender. Yeah, so she is immediately, again, the kind of hostage fodder character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Cage decides he's going to save Sonya, which... In... <laughs> I forgot he was in this. It, well, yeah. He in total so fairness to Johnny lost. Cage, he's technically correct. He does save Sonya because he becomes her replacement, like, immediately. Yes. Also, he has magic sunglasses. And I, I, I note this because he, he does his jump, you know, in his, like, fly straight kick. Well, it's really more of an arc, because all of his attacks seem to go in a bit of an arc. Um, and he's not holding his glasses at this time. They're not on his shirt. They're not, you know, hanging off. They're, he's not wearing them. But, somehow, 
when Shao Kahn catches him and knocks him to the ground, the glasses come tumbling to the ground. And it's very important that we see that because, see, that is a, uh, a significant touch t- touchstone, you know? It's a, a visual cue with emotional resonance. Yeah, it's... That it's shows a, you that... It, you this, want the visual cue, but you don't want to be bothered to, like, have Maintain continuity, right. Yeah, like, like constantly picking up props and putting them <laughs> down and moving them from place to place. It's like, fuck it, just use it for the one shot you want. It's uh, a in, lot uh, of work. Yeah, like, I'm surprised any of them had costumes and didn't just turn up in jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> Which, you know what? Baraka may as well have fucking had. <laughs> <laughs> Raiden, in turn, threatens to destroy Shao Kahn's generals, that, referring to the group of carnival sideshow attractions he's brought with him. Yes. Uh, but, but Shao Kahn has read The Art of the Deal. And holds firm on his position, <laughs> pointing out that Raiden won't sacrifice a human. He's calling Raiden's bluff. Mm-hmm. So Raiden, then negotiating against himself, offers himself in trade. I mean, this is really just, this is 101 stuff, kids. Once his guard is down, Khan snaps Johnny Cage's neck to show that Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation isn't fucking around, yo. They will kill anyone. Honestly, like, this is the Game of Thrones of the Mortal Kombat series. <laughs> Shao Kahn then zaps Raiden once more for good measure and summons a statue to lift up Cage's corpse. <laughs> Whoa, summons a statue. Kind of summons up a bunch of foam spikes. <laughs> Raiden decides that in spite of being the all-powerful defender of Earthrealm, they need to retreat from these ninjas. <laughs> So the heroes, which uh, seem to now consist of Luke Kang, Katana, Sonya, and Raiden, for those keeping score at home, bugger off to some tunnels. Raiden explains that Outworld and Earthrealm are merging and yeah. suspects that Katana's mother is somehow being used to keep the portals open and further theorizes that reuniting Katana with her mother will break Shao Kahn's spell, close the portals, and release her. Yeah. Oh, now, and he thinks he, that Shao Kahn has somehow cheated the rules of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Did you get now, all that? You've got to bear in mind, there's no evidence supporting any of what he said. Nothing. And it's Nothing. very important that comes up because of what happens later on, um, where basically it is being pulled out of his ass. <laughs> like, the wise and powerful Ra- Raiden, sorry, not Raiden, Raiden, really is just talking bollocks and it calls into question his judgment and everything from the beginning from the first film because he's talking shit sorry Raiden decides to split the group up so they can prepare because they are not ready to face I told you he's out of his fucking mind split up Sonya Scooby-Doo Scooby-Doo tactics Conrad Yes, I know. It's it's really dumb. So Sonya's to reunite with her former partner, Jack. See, they need to get more help, is what Raiden's thinking. Yes. Right? It's, let, let's and get Luke that Kang, character we forgot from the first film. Right? Like, and, oh, and what a lost opportunity. Like, we need to remind everyone what a lost opportunity Jack's was. Yes. To, to, now, there are aspects of the character in the Mortal Kombat universe that I would have expected them to follow through on. 
in such a narrative involving Jax mm-hmm. that they chose not to follow through on in this film, and this film is better for it. Yeah. So yeah. in the end, that missed opportunity wound up being the right call for this film. Yes. Well, again, because that, that character arc of you didn't need metal arms, or as someone, and sorry for forgetting your name, but as someone on Twitter said, the metal arms was in you all along. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's a beautiful, amazing moment because out of nowhere comes a moral that really applies to no real human. <laughs> it's not really relatable. I mean, there's something to be said for overcompensation and a lack of confidence, but when you introduce robot arms, <laughs> it just doesn't work as a as a as a metaphor for anything. <laughs> Especially Luke, when it's lost among the garbled gibberish that is this film. Liu Kang and Katana are to seek out Nightwolf at the Hopi Mesa <laughs> for more help. <laughs> I'm laughing just hearing his name, sorry. I know. This movie has great... ruined Mortal Kombat, like all of it, because the names are associated with comic farce. <laughs> Raiden is going to try and get the Elder Gods to put a stop to this. Yeah. And then they all hop into metal balls that travel <laughs> through underground <laughs> tunnels on thermal energy built for two passengers with some questionable navigational systems. Well, it makes me wonder if James Rema, not to accuse the actor or the character Raiden of anything untoward, but as close as he had to get, sorry, as close as he quote unquote had to get to Sonya Blade when they got in that hamster bowl, it, it led it. It made me wonder who made, who drew up the blueprint for that. Why well, the were real... there giant metal hamster balls in this film? Well, I, yes. Well, the real the real reason for that is so that they could put Liu Kang and Katana together so that they can create the. Uh, Implication. Yeah, the trouble that, is. That... Yeah, the <laughs> trouble is, is that Raiden and so. And well, yeah, the, the problem is that they're metal hamster balls well, that travel that hundreds too, of yeah. miles per hour in tunnels underneath the Earth's surface. Yeah, but, but to return problem. to return to the bit I really need to focus the most on, which is <laughs> you know, <laughs> witchy poo version of Raiden, <laughs> Harry fucking Morgan. I, because the Liu Kang and Katana actors are not that great, I got more sexual tension from James Remar and Sonya And they're the only two that return, by the way. Yes. Those are the two returning actors that we've got. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Katana and Liu Kang are the only two. They're the ones that they managed to get back. And they're kind of supposed to be the leading performers, except they're actually kind of barely in it. Like, like by well, the this time... This is really an ensemble cast deal. It is an ensemble cast deal. It's just, it became obvious how little Liu Kang had been rebuilt when they needed a reason for him to not like Shao Kahn and desperately <laughs> pulled one out of their ass literally a moment before they fight. Um, happens a lot in this film. This film is a lot like if you start drawing on a piece of cardboard, like you want to write a sign or something, and you haven't left yourself enough space at the end for all of the letters, and then you're squeezing everything in. Uh, that's this film by the end of it. It's like you're right at the last bit, 
Like maybe you said something about not wanting to pay for a wall and you're at like the two L's. That's this <laughs> film for most of this film. Uh, so Liu Kang forced into tight proximity with Katana, gets some major wood. Uh, Shao Kahn's father comes to visit him. Uh, now they, I, I am not, I'm not convinced they've ever said his name in this movie. They may not have. Again, like, I got most of my, like, trying to catch up on who was who. Because um, it, it can also be difficult to tell just from looking. Um, because even though they did go for as as accurate as they could, sometimes it's just, what the fuck are they doing? Um, but, yeah, it I, I don't recall the name ever being said. Yeah, may so have been. It's, but he's, he, it's supposed to be Chinook. Yeah. Who, in the Mortal Kombat game series, I, I I understand, is a fallen Elder God. Um, which, they do that here, but then they add the element that Shao Kahn is his son. Yeah, well, you know, the, the artists working on Mortal Kombat Annihilation had their own uh, unique influences they wanted to bring to the Mortal Kombat universe. This is one of the actually very few places where this really deviates from Mortal Kombat, which is why I find it kind of interesting. Because it's it's a pretty significant detail. Yeah. But it's like the only one. Well, I mean, you know, this is part of a a larger detail, I guess. But moving on. Uh, So Shao Kahn's all excited to tell his dad, Chinook, the good news about the merging of the realms, but... You know how it is with fathers is never good enough, and mm-hmm. uh, he's he tried is kind of one not... of those well done son kind of guys. He does want to please daddy. Yeah, and uh, and and so since he didn't kill Raiden, uh, he's disappointed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now back to Katana uh, and Liu Kang. Uh, she tries to ask Liu Kang to do something in the event of her death, but he interrupts her, saying, "I have lost everything." And I'm not going to lose you too. I would like to state for the record. <laughs> I mean, that is the neg of all negs, is it not? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew that Liu Kang was a pickup artist? <laughs> I mean, he. I've lost everything, and you're here. <laughs> Wanna fuck? <laughs> the other. Well, the other. The other end is that it's not it's it's not confidence inspiring at all. It's like saying <laughs> I have bankrupted six businesses. But don't worry. I'm going to run your country great. <laughs> of course they're yes. so wrapped up in their own shit that they don't notice the smoke talking <laughs> the smoke taking ninja form behind them until the last second. Yeah, well, they couldn't see it because the CGI hadn't been put in yet. <laughs> it's well, actually Luke... funny trying to watch the actors react to things that aren't there because they're told it's still clearly... early days, and oh, these yeah. are not skilled actors. Yeah, um, and and what you got to be aware of is is they're supposed to be looking shocked and confused a lot at things. But because they're not that good actors, the reactions are kind of muted. So it does often look like, even though they can't see them, it does look like how I felt a lot. Just, like, genuine human bemusement. 
uh, which I don't think they were going for. I think they wanted horrified shock, but everyone just looks a bit confused, which works fantastically for this film because everything is just confusing. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. the CGI dragons and monsters and demons that come out of fucking nowhere. Or, indeed, smoke. So while Liu Kang does fighting with smoke, Katana takes on a group of thuggy. Uh, smoke gets Liu Kang and Katana pinned down and is uh, aiming a, a, a finishing missile. When Sub-Zero comes out of fucking nowhere and freezes the cyborg. He literally flies, like he's even got the little crook in the arm, like flying like fucking Superman, spraying CGI snow at smoke. And then uh, Liu Kang kicks the uh, cyborg over before the missile just explodes. He kicks a shop dummy dressed up like smoke over and it crumples. I had to replay it. Like, it, it is a clear, like, very light dummy being kicked over. This, I guess, I guess Smoke is the first really good opportunity to talk about the costuming of... Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you, know, you brought up Power Rangers earlier, and I, I had questioned which of us was going to bring it. But this is, a, he looks like a Power Rangers bad guy. My wife, uh was walking past while I was watching this and saw, a, and that was just like, what, what is this? Are these putties? What are you watching? Yeah, yeah. And the, the funny thing is, is that like everything in this film, how like every time it tops itself, it tops itself again. This is, we start with smoke and it looks very Power Rangers. And it gets so much more Power Rangers. It really like, does. nothing ever... When any when any new bad concept in this film is introduced, the, it's never the baseline. It's always got to go at least one or two, sometimes twenty steps fucking further. And and credit to the fight choreographers and the martial artists who did this. Those costumes did not look um, practical. No, for no. Purposes of the kinds of performance they have to give. I mean, like, like. They some of them are dressed like monsters from Power Rangers, as as we've said, and and that's not a joke either. It's funny, but it's not a joke. They are actually like res- head they, to toe covered yeah. in rubber. Not memorable episodes of Power Rangers either. They're not like the Roman yeah. centurion helmet wearing pig guy who we all remember. Um, but they are fighting. At a skill level higher than the people trapped in the costumes in Power Rangers. Uh, so I think, you know, they found serious martial artists who really... I'm surprised they're not running governments, given how powerful they must be, to still look good fighting wearing that shit. They should be able to just kick any king of any nation in the face and say, I own this fucking shit now. Right. So powerful, those marshals and their art. <laughs> uh, so wh- when Liu Kang expresses surprise at seeing Sub- Sub-Zero, because of having killed Sub-Zero in that tournament that happened in the prior movie that is totally not important to anything else. Like, this is the one... This is, like, yeah. the last time I think it's referenced. Uh, the only other time is you get a flashback of... Um, oh, that's right. Of, yeah, uh, Liu, Kang, Liu Kang has a, a vision quest. Yeah. Right. I remember. 
Um, Basically, they they needed some filler material uh, to get it get it just at the running time they wanted, and realized, well, fuck, let's let's just montage some shit from the first film in. But no, it's it's revealed that this Sub Zero is the younger brother of that Sub Zero, and he's protecting Katana because of the legend that she's the key to stopping Shao Kahn's plan. Wait, so now this thing's a legend? Yeah, it's it stops being a theory. It stops being a. It stops being a thing that Raiden just said. Yeah. He Although suspects. again, we've got to remember <laughs> because of something that happens later on in this film after the scene we're at, like. He is still theorizing an ass pull, but also is this Somehow prophecy this ass has some basis in coincident? It coincides with a legend. Yes. <laughs> yes, because you'd think if it had been a legend, he would have been aware of that from the beginning, and he wouldn't have had to theorize. Yes, I think Sub Zero heard a legend that was wrong. By the way, let's just like Lots say of that now. Have heard this legend. It's not just Sub Zero. Yeah, but well, I'm just trying to get like the, like bring the things together. So we got Sub Zero coming in because he heard the legend, and we've got Raiden acting on a theory, both of which happen to be the same, right? <laughs> yeah. And just for a spoiler warning, because it's gotta come up now that we're talking about it, <laughs> Shao Kahn and his team are bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. The twist later on is that, you know, reuniting Katana and, and um, Sindel does fuck all. It's just a waste of their time. So the legend is bollocks and Raiden's theory is bollocks. <laughs> and yet they're... I, uh, and <laughs> Where did the legend come from if they made it up? How long a con has this been for what well, essentially amounted to an ambush of some random people? It, at one point, and I don't think I mentioned this explicitly, a conversation between Shao Kahn and Chinook suggests that this has been going on for thousands of years. A, a thousands of year long con that amounted to nothing. Like, all yeah. that happened after it was revealed was that Sindel spun around a bit, laughed and fucked off. Well, you and then think I think that... Shao Kahn was angry that they were allowed to live or something. You would think a plan this simple wouldn't require <laughs> thousands of years of execution. No, I mean, what really gets me is that they spent thousands of years crafting a legend for Sub-Zero to believe. <laughs> and Sub-Zero gets about two minutes of screen time. So the legend has no effect on the plot, right? Raiden theorized something in a matter of seconds that they spent thousands of years crafting for no no reason for Sub-Zero's brother to believe bollocks. That was their grand plan, was that Sub-Zero would fall for a prank. (laughs) (laughs) I love this film. Uh, uh, So... Sub-Zero agrees to join them, and he makes yeah. an ice bridge to uh, allow them to pass... Th- I, 
I I didn't realize this was a problem yeah. they had. But he makes an ice bridge to Well let he makes a, he makes he makes a packing peanut bridge spray painted white. <laughs> <laughs> and midway through crossing it, Sub Zero is attacked by Scorpion, who just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> just nowhere CGI chains fly out and we hear get over here out of context. And this is this is what I mean by <laughs> this film delivering on the narrative promise of a Mortal Kombat game. Yes. You have 25 seconds of dialogue that really is of no consequence ultimately don't, in the don't end. Don't matter. Don't matter. And then another fight that has no context or reason for existing. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, also bonus points for actually giving us a Sub-Zero versus Scorpion fight. Yes. Uh, which the first film is is one of the few things that it really didn't do it that didn't it should hit have that, properly yeah, it didn't hit done. That mark. Yeah. Um so they gave us that in a in a way. In a way. Um, I mean it was kind of undercut by the the balsa wood ice cracking and Scorpion <laughs> stumbling a little bit because he was told to look unsteady and the actor just wobbled about and it just <laughs> looked like he tripped. Well it's that's you know like the reference to the the finish him moment. You know, where they just stand there and idly stagger for a bit. No, no, I'm not talking about that. No, no, no. It was, um, like, uh, Scorpion picks up Sub-Zero and smashes him on the ground in a wrestling move. Right. That came oh. out of nowhere. And it cracks the ice, and they're both supposed to fall down to another level. Oh. But the actor playing yes. Scorpion just, like, stumbles and trips a little bit, which was his <laughs> best, like, I'm falling acting he could do. Which just under it just undermines Scorpion's presence that you just mm-hmm. see him prattful a little bit, and then he is now stumbly Scorpion. Uh, Sub Zero eventually gets pinned, and Liu Kang moves to help him, but this is what Scorpion wanted all along, and he oh, takes yeah. Katana captive. Uh, yeah. teleporting may, may away. I may I deliver his line? Oh no! Oh please! Oh God! If if you could please, I mean, yeah. Scorpion has two lines, I think, in this. Right. Yes. He has the first one when he appears, which I can't even remember what he says because who the fuck cares. And then, and here at the yeah. end. Well, he says get over here at Oh, first. it's the get over here line, of course. Because yeah. he has Scorp- to deliver that. Scorpion, of course, says get over here all the time. Um, and in the first film, they came up with like a variation as well because they did get over here. Then he was get down here, which made me laugh because it was like he could only talk in, in that way. It had to be some variation of someone coming where he was. Uh, but no, it turns out he has a way wider vocabulary <laughs> when he CGI's away from Liu Kang and CGI's behind, um, is it Katana? Yes. Yeah. Grabs her and then goes, Suckers! Yeah. Yeah. He, he says that. <laughs> he bellows suckers. With, with growly. Yeah, like, again, it might have been Ed Boon, I don't know, but... Someone was into it that day in the recording studio. Sorry, in the in someone's house when they recorded <laughs> a high qu- when they recorded a mid quality MP3 of that file. Um, actually, MP3 might have been a bit too advanced for them days. Oh, it was it, for them it was days in that budget. MP3, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was just my, a bit early. Mistake. MP3 didn't wouldn't have really hit until '97. Yeah. So, so basically, whoever was borrowing their stepdad's cassette recorder that day was having a fan they recorded it on talk boy 
Whoever was using the talk boy that day <laughs> had a great fucking day being scorpion. <laughs> Sub-Zero urges Liu Kang to continue to seek Nightwolf instead of chasing after Katana, saying it's pretty obvious he's unprepared for this shit. And then, uh... No Ryan... one, no one was prepared for this film and it's no. shit. no. Raiden and, and Sonya pop out of their gopher hole outside of a medical research facility in Hawaii, <laughs> which looks like a burned-out yeah. wasteland. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, some some of the some of the uh, sets in this film are just places. Yeah, like like it's not like Man Island from the first film. It's just some place, <laughs> some place where they got permission to record. Well, but then they also have to, you know, put it all wastelandy. So there's this. It just looks stupid. The environments just look stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just throw up a few like dented signs, bits of and, metal. And, yeah, and some some rubbly rocks, and yeah, uh, that's good enough. If we can find some broken walls somewhere, fantastic. We'll film near those. Inside this medical facility, Sonia finds Jax on a table covered by a sheet. Which she reveals, or she removes to reveal, he's got them robot arms! Oh, shit! After some fiddling to try and get Jax out of the wrist restraints, and explaining that Shao Kahn's probably got a death squad on the way to kill her, and by extension him, he just tries yeah. breaking them, because he's got them robot arms. Them ro- and, and when we say them robot arms, what we really mean is them bits of plastic that have been... S- I guess stuck to him using some sort of adhesive. They, they uh, and then they're like a vinyly rubber. Like yeah, like a vinyly yeah rubbery Halloween costume. Bits of of metal painted crap, and they couldn't even get full sleeves. They spray painted bits of his real arm, and forgot to really? do the fingers. Oh it's what God. it looks like. I didn't. Even, but didn't even his notice. fingers aren't done. That's right. How did I miss that? Oh, that's amazing. That's Well, no, because the idea is that these are not supposed to be actual robot arms. These are, like, things that go over his arms to... Yeah, which seems like a bit of strength. them... Seems like they're wallpapering over the, the problem well, uh, of them not having real robot arms. And again, it takes a lot of the... Like, on the one hand, it provides an opportunity to give Jax a character arc because, you know, as the only character with an arc, really, yeah. um, you know, he eliminates his... He ultimately will eliminate his dependence on these things and remove them. And, yeah. and as opposed to real robot arms, <laughs> which, how much better would that have been? <laughs> He learns his lesson after he's had his original ones cut off. He and he's gone his full Adam Jensen. And, and how, like, that would be tricky. You'd think you'd need help, but he's such a badass, right? That he goes yeah. up, crosses his arms, two shoulders, and just tears them off. Mm. And they just fall off. And then he proceeds to just headbutt and kick his way through the final. But how fucking awesome would that be? I, I would love it. Especially, you know, he's going up against a, you know, a rubber horseman. Right. Like, th- that would have been fight of the century. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. They might not have painted his arms. They might just be, like, sleeves. 
Yeah, I think like, like cloth sleeve in clothened sleeves, but it's yeah, clearly like they didn't guess. build full robot arms. They got shitty, cheap, vinyl plasticky, rubbery shit. And oh, then it's so good when he takes them cloth. off and they flop it around. Yeah, they <laughs> don't even try and hide metal. it. <laughs> oh, it's good times. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, after some fiddling, getting they get other strains, blah blah blah. Um. Oh yeah, then Cyrex shows up. This is the point in which I fell in love with the film. Yes, yes. So, so why don't you set the scene here? I don't even know if I can. Um, okay. Cyrex well... comes into the room, and all of the glass in the room breaks. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. that's what happens. Like, I yeah. guess he fires a missile to make that happen. But the long and short of it is that all of the glass in the room, and this whole place is glass. Yes. And then, you know, there's fire and shit. And Cyrex is is walking through the smoke. And for a moment, you'd be almost tricked into thinking you're about to see something impressive. Right. Because the color has been muted and the smoke obscures detail. <laughs> and then you get an extreme close-up. And I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Someone was proud. You get an extreme close-up, and remember when I said that the film always tops itself and it outpower ranges itself? Oh. Oh, that happens. Okay, well, here's... The beauty of this is that, like, because the first time we're exposed to this costuming decision, it's smoke. And so it's greys and blacks, and yeah, you yeah, can't that really make out the full detail. Ish. But Cyrax's color scheme is full straight-up bumblebee. Yes. So basically you can see that the costume is clearly someone in a black Zentai suit with yellow plastic, I guess, laser tag outfitting on. That's what it looks like. It's got a laser tag vest on, just random bits of bright, bright yellow plastic grafted onto, you know, clearly just some skin-tie lycra suit. And it's incredible, especially when I, he, the director asked him clearly to walk like a robot, and he did that to the fucking letter. And B, when it talks with the worst Darth Vader voice ever and says something about how it's been, like, death is your something. Shao Kahn will be pleased. Shao Kahn will be pleased, Major Briggs and Sonya played. Death is the something. Uh, I was too busy laughing, like the moment it spoke, to fully recall what was said. But like, I was in pain at this point. Like, I'd already been giggling. Like James Remar, every time he never stopped being funny. No. Every time Harry Morgan appeared, he was always funny. But at this point, I was now in actual pain, uh, and that was before the CGI. Phantasm balls came out of Cyrax. Oh, yes. So they do fighting. There, there are some horrible CGI balls. Um, and ultimately, this whole film is CGI balls. <laughs> Sonya beats Cyrax. Uh, now this is this is an interesting twist. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I forgot how Cyrax died, but because it was so vaguely done, I was unsure he was dead until they confirmed it. This is—it's <laughs> kind of fascinating because on the one, like they go to greater pains in this film to make sure that everybody's special moves are executed than they did in the prior <laughs> film. You see them all, 
right? Everybody who's in this and does any kind of fighting, you get to see all their moves. Oh, yeah, this move is a hole in the wall where the man can see it all. And and so, but, but with Sonya, that's kind of tricky, right? Yes. Because, you know, A, a lot of her moves aren't really like, eh? Yeah, B, not really she's, impressive. She's one of the characters who's super grounded in reality. Yes. And three... When you're fighting a prototype for Michael Bay's Transformer designs, uh, rendered in shitty $99 plastic, sorry, 99 cent plastic, um, yeah, it is hard to to really showcase her grounded in reality special moves. And and so, as you may recall, like, and I don't know if this carried on past the first Mortal Kombat, but in the very first one, her finishing move was that she would blow a kiss, and then they would explode right and they do th- actually they do. do this yeah yeah it, it it showcases someone who genuinely tried to logically like it's almost on the same power of of how street fighter 2 went to great lengths to get everyone into their original costume by the end of the film right this showcases that same level of impressive b-movie thought of I want her to do her finisher. And, and, and sure enough. Now, she does it by blowing unknown chemicals into fire to burn him. Kind of. I mean, we say burn him. Some fire is imposed over him while he falls <laughs> over. And then we're told he's been burned because we don't see him burned. I mean, that was a, that was a bold gambit, right? Like, how I mean, do you I'm know- impressed that they... Did what they did. Yeah. But, wow. And sorry, uh, sorry, you were going to make a point that's actually very important. Yeah, I mean, how would you know that these chemicals would even do that? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say, how would they know that they'd burn a robot? <laughs> like, oh, well, how, how would she guess that a point. robot could burn to death? I mean, the only issue, again, well, the only way you argue that argument back is... You look at it and say, okay, it's made of 50% fucking lycra. (laughs) Or at the very least, I could melt the plastic over the eyes inside. As they stand over the defeated body... uh, Which doesn't look burnt or melted or anything. No, no, no. Uh, They see a dragon sigil on its back, on its shoulder, on the armor. Yes. And I should point... I should point out now. You could say they, you know, they painted a logo on it, but I want to. Re- I want to read you a line actually um, <laughs> from Mortal Kombat Annihilation, oh, uh, because the, the this comes up as a running thing. Right. Um, these assailants are marked in this way, and I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this line verbatim. Wait a minute, that tattoo. I've seen it before. On a robot and a woman, they both tried to kill me. Yes, yes. That's an actual line from this film. Right. It's the very robot... much like everything else in this film. It's not the best line in the film, but it's one of them. I need to point out, the robot has a tattoo. Yes, that's now, the point technically, here. Technically, these are cyborgs. And that, I, okay, so technically speaking, cyborgs are, you know, or a combination of organic matter and cybernetic technology. Yes. Right? There, there should be, theoretically, somewhere organic upon which you could put a tattoo. In- upon which you could ink 
a tattoo. Correct. But that would not be <laughs> on the metal outside. Yes. Of the bar. And and in any case, I don't care who you are, but especially if you're Sonya Blade, who should know better. You really should stop yourself the moment you say tattoo and are about to say the word robot. Yeah. Like, even if they're technically cyborgs, you should then correct yourself. (laughs) You should never, ever say a robot's been tattooed. And I I don't care what advances happen in the future. Like, many people make predictions about what will or won't happen in the future that may turn out true and make that person look silly. I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> there will never be a future in which robots get tattoos. And mark my fucking words, I will work toward that future not happening. I mean, you could have said, I, I've seen that symbol yeah, on symbol, a robot. or as as you said, sigil, mark, emblem, whatever. Tattoo yeah. is what they canonically a robot got tattooed, and 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 this is how fucked up this film is. Okay, we spent all this time talking about a robot getting tattooed, and didn't mention the bit where Cyrax melts one of his own minions and he turns into a cartoon skeleton and falls over, and that's, makes a, that, that's a, this true. Yeah, weird we tinny. Yeah, this weird tinny noise as his cartoon bones rattle on the floor. And it just falls, like, basically unanimated. But I think, I think that in a lot of ways, that is indicative of this whole movie. In, in, in terms of, like, when I was putting the synopsis together, it would not have been possible to include every batshit crazy stupid uh, yeah, thing yeah. in here. You have to prioritize. Honestly, like, the, the only... Some of this stuff I'm only remembering because I grabbed screenshots and tweeted them at the time. Yeah. So I've got kind of a gallery of pictures open that I may post to the Gymquisition website as well, um, just because some people need to see this shit. So I've got things here as visual reminders, and I did. I caught a beautiful shot of the skeleton melting with still human hands left on it, and it just looks amazing. Like it, it looks so much worse than CGI that was in children's cartoons before this film came out. Yes. And then he starts ticking, and they determine he's a bomb. I mean, <laughs> this is... a bomb. It's, it's... The other thing about these, the costume design of these cyborgs is that they yeah. look like they were just trying to do Predator. Yeah. You know, like they focus quite a bit on his electric uh, cable dreadlocks as well. Yeah, like you can the games. I didn't really get that sense. I kind of got the sense that somebody thought, "Hey, somebody was like originally planning to work on some kind of like um, like futuristic hockey simulator." You know, <laughs> right. like some some future hockey game, uh, like Cyberball, but hockey. Yeah. Um, that's what they look like to me in the games. In this, they... Uh... Oh, God. I mean... I mean, what what still amazes me is that they still did try to go for as character accurate as possible yeah. on as little a budget as they could get away with. It's not like they... dollars they spent on this film, Jim. Where did the money go? Where did the money go? Where did the money go? Follow it, please. After As soon as we can find it. Um, but yeah, yeah, like like they were clearly committed to spending as few bucks as they could on this film. 
uh, and yet were still committed enough. It's like they weren't financially committed at all, but creatively, they put their heart and soul into working with their shit vinyl and rubber and latex and lycra to create the best they could. Like a cosplayer who had no business cosplaying, but really, really, really loved the material. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's a, it's a cosplayer with no sewing skill or experience. Yes. Um, and doesn't want to pay for any of the materials. They have a budget of like $20. No, 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 no. They've got a budget of $30 million. Right, they, but they're go- oh, they've got right, an no, operating no, no. budget of twenty bucks. Well, they're they're taking the freegan philosophy to their costume. <laughs> 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 I wish this movie was called Dumpster Truffles. Shao Kahn's minions, Shiva and Motaro, argue over who's better and get into a fight, but Shao Kahn interrupts and learns from Rain that Cabal and Striker have been captured. Who? What? Why? Huh? I remember Cabal. I liked Cabal. I mean, and I know who Stryker is. Stryker is the the third special forces guy. Yeah, I, I remember Stryker, but I didn't like him. He was He was the one with the, the, the submachine gun. Really stupid. Yeah. Um and, and neither of I don't think either of those characters really have a place in this film. No. But and, and nor, nor does Rain, really. Like he's not necessary. But they wanted no. to make sure they got the names all in there, at least. They wanted to get everyone in. It was almost like, it, it reminds me a little bit of Transformers the movie, where it was a lot of doing what they could to introduce the new characters at the expense of the old ones um, to sell things. And so in a way, it, it does almost feel like like maybe um, the developers were a bit involved in this, which is why, despite as... as shit and cheap as it looks it is still striving for some sort of bizarre accuracy uh who knows but but some of it does come off like an advertisement for the game's new characters and stuff it does to to a a, a bit yeah like even at the end even the film admits that ermac's there as leftovers <laughs> well but ermac is leftovers yeah he's got no point there's no point to him being in the film except they wanted him there. Yeah. Um, so John Tobias uh, is credited as as having been involved in the story. So I'm sure that that's why. There we go. I'm sure that that's why. Unless unless they just gave him the credit because this whole thing is based on the story of Mortal Kombat 3. But I, I, I get the impression that there was some fucking consultation. Midway Games is a producer on it actually so yeah i would say fair fair guess at that um so shao Kahn is very disappointed in rain oh yeah. very very much so and he wants to be like his dad shao Kahn does so he just kills him <laughs> he just kills him. just makes an example of him for yeah saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It, it it does seem like this is a fairly routine thing. But which... it's so strange because he just goes and like Chinook didn't kill Shao Kahn for this. Shao Kahn is just like taking this to an extreme, right? Yes, he's like he's yeah, trying... well, overcompensating. He's yeah. he's almost mirroring Jax, and that would have worked if they ever interact in the film. <laughs> 
Because they've almost got kind of interweaving... I, I, I don't want to say Shao Kahn's got an arc, but at least <laughs> he's got a theme. And and it kind of mirrors Jax's theme, but they don't interact at all. Not so, really. Khan just sort of casually tosses Rain into a flaming pit and uh, yeah. and looks for a new general and winds up Which appointing they're Sindel. All, they're all desperate to be. After what? Yeah, they, they just watched the last guy over a uh, kind of like, I mean, not a Like, they still have the guys in custody. They could just kill him. It's yeah. not like... It was a like minor a infraction. Thing. It would take a 10 minor. minutes to fix this. And it's like, it was done in such a way that we could all tell this is not the first time this has happened. And yet and they like, all want this gig. Why do they want this job? <laughs> it's like watching like the Devil Wears Prada and thinking, I want to be her assistant. <laughs> it's unbelievable how desperate... like like. To the point where they all infight and bicker and hate each other and because the they want this position gig, so bad. The only yes. one who doesn't want the job is Sindel. And I'll tell you why Shao Kahn made her general. Because he looked at her and said, she doesn't want this job. She's the smart one. <laughs> yeah. She's promoted. <laughs> she might get shit done because she doesn't want this horrible, horrible job. <laughs> he knows who he is. He knows who he knows what kind of a boss he is. Yeah, you know? he's got. So, some... I, something tells me as well they they really tr- wanted to play up sexual tension between Shao Kahn and Sindel. Well, they're some supposed sort of... to have been like she is his bride. Yeah, like they they did tr- try and imply all that kind of stuff, but because she, be- well, because he acts in a unique way. And her acting is... Well, she's so beautiful. Of, it's such a talent. It's such a talent. Um, like, it, it just comes off as weird. Like, so many other character interactions in this film, it's just weird. The way he looks at her is the way, like... The, the way I, on my hungriest, fattest day, would look at a cake. Like, it's this horrible mixture of starvation and contempt... For himself and her and and love and gratitude, um, all rolled into one, and she just smiles like she's drowned all <laughs> of the rabbits in the world. Liu Kang wanders around the Hopi Mesa, finding a burned out site. He's attacked by a wolf, who turns out to be Night Wolf. Just that name, Night Wolf. Who he also has a great line. The wolf comes in the night. Yeah, so so night wolf. <laughs> uh, I think fair to say, uh, uh, dressed up like the ultimate warrior, tried to offend as many Native Americans as possible. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> appears and says uh, something along the lines of, "Like it, huh?" It's my animality. And I laugh uh, <laughs> a lot. And because this film is this film, they say animality a lot more after that, including one bit where they try and do where the word animality echoes, but it just sounds like the guy is saying animality again and again, more echoey each time. And fucking hell. I'm sorry, I've just got a giant photo reminder of... Nightwolf open on my screen right now and just 
what the fuck is this film? He's also, he's like completely unlikable. Yes. Just, just he's, a prick. He's like, Kang. he's like proto Charlie Sheen. And it's, he's it's, like Charlie Sheen before the popular image that is Charlie Sheen now was Charlie Sheen. But this was the beginning stages of it before the public caught wind. This is the pupa Sheen. Yes, yes, this is Larval Sheen that we're looking at right here. <laughs> he's, he's just... He's, he basically calls Liu Kang out on his arrogance. <laughs> Which is rich. Yeah, exactly. In the most arrogant manner possible. Just, like, condescending and... And, 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 and still Liu Kang's like, all right, fine, well, what do I need to do? And he says there's going to be three tests. And, you know, the first one's going to be a test of courage that has to be done in a dream state. And there's a fast (laughs) way and an easy way. And Liu Kang chooses the fast way, which is for Nightwolf to hit Liu in the head with a tomahawk. (laughs) I mean... Why wasn't there a boing sound effect? That's all this film needed. I think I might actually re-edit this, and the only change I'll make is just a boing. The, the, the thing I love, the thing I love about this so very, very much, is that it is a comic relief moment delivered with no pretense of comic relief. Yes. No, no levity. No, it is played all played totally straight, except for. The arrogant corner of the mouth chuckle that Nightwolf gives right before he says, I thought that's what you'd choose. That's it. It's the only thing that that telegraphs that they don't take this very seriously. (laughs) Liu Kang has a vision where everyone he's ever failed tells them that he's a failure. While Nightwolf tries to tell him he can do it. Oh. Thank you, strange asshole shaman who's done nothing but be a dick to me in the 40 seconds I've known you. This means a lot coming from you. But it's all worth it in the end because it helps him to feel your animality. Right, his eyes go all catlock. Your animality. Your animality. And And he wakes up back at the now abandoned site... Where it is now snowing? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I got a great screenshot, by the way, of his wonky snake eyes. Uh, why is it snowing? Because maybe it was just on snowing on set that day. Well, sorry, on set. Maybe it was just snowing in the park that day, and they went with it. Uh, okay. I, I just... I, all right. I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot that happens in the film that you could ask why. I mean, it is it is not unfeasible that it could snow there, where yeah. he, where they yeah. are geographically. It, it doesn't even have to be some outworld shit. It could snow there. It, where they are located is northern Arizona ish. It could snow. Okay. I don't know why it's snow. I mean, to be quite fair, I was, I was too busy still laughing at the, the wonky dragon eyes and the feel your animality, animality, animality to, 
to pay attention to the snow. That you've brought it up now, I'm just like, okay, it was snowing. Um, <laughs> why not? Let I'll add it to the slate. It was also snowing on top of the Power Rangers monsters and the CGI balls and the skeleton and everything else. Oh, yeah, well, because that's not the only incongruity combat it's that you're about to deal with here. No, 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 true, true, true. Because when he awakes, he finds Jade, which I I don't think she's ever named either. Uh, she is, I believe. Is she? she actually is named. Um, okay. I think more than once. I think her name is dropped a couple times. She immediately drops down to her skivvies because, you know, snow. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. They're making a film that it's like we can't expose the breast for the audience's pleasure, but we can we can tease the breast for the audience's pleasure. She attempts to seduce him, but he resists. So she hits him and reveals herself to be Jade. Yes. Choir meets tribal drum fighting happens. <laughs> I think that's a fair description of what this is. Um <laughs> And it was all another test, which then pisses Liu Kang off. I'd have been annoyed. I mean... Well, sure, you got blue balls yeah. now. Uh, Jade offers to lead Liu Kang to the Temple of the Elder Gods, and he resists at first, saying he's not completed all three of Nightwolf's tests. And, by the way, never does. Never addressed again. <laughs> Just in case you were waiting, I didn't want you... You know, to get to the end of this podcast, to be like, wait, Conrad. Yeah, what was the third test? What was the third test? I think, I think the third <laughs> test was crossed off because that was the fast way. <laughs> I think the fast way and the easy way are both the exact same thing. Except- and they're both just really easy, except one is just a bit faster because you only do two thirds of it. <laughs> So he winds up giving in to Jade's idea when she says that Katana is at the uh, the temple. Yes. Speaking of Katana, she's in a cage. Shao Kahn offers her a drink as a peace offering. And well, he'll forgive her her treacheries. Yeah. And she spits it in his face and blames him for the death of her mother and the destruction of her family. So, you know, it's, you know got a whole thing going here. Fa- a yeah. nice family reunion deal. I'd have been a bit annoyed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, walking, I don't know, somewhere, Jack starts demanding some answers from Sonia, which, in fairness, I get it. I have some questions, too. I have lots of questions, actually. Uh, and Sonia says she doesn't have time to explain, which is way better than having scriptwriters write an explanation. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, it saves I mean, it's, time and it's hopefully It's kind of money. bullshit, because... They're just sort of wandering around the middle of nothing. They seem to have nothing but the opportunity to have a conversation about this. Considering some of the utter bollocks this movie does have time for, an explanation really, really wouldn't have been too pressing. I don't think it's all... Yeah, I don't think it's asking for a lot. But, um... You could add exposition while you're (laughs) backflipping. There's enough of it to where you could tell an entire novella. Now, Sonia is still upset about Johnny Cage dying, which, by the way, Johnny Cage was in this movie, in case you have forgotten. Yeah, yeah, I um, I got to the very end of it and then remembered Johnny Cage again and was just 
bemused by the idea he was ever in it to begin with. Now, this this whole Johnny Cage dying becomes a wedge between them. Yes. And uh, they they decide to split up. <laughs> Again, just just the Scooby Doo tactics. Well, it's 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 becoming like a flowchart, you know. Yes. Well, again, because they've got to try and force so many characters in. Because, yes. again, this is the Game of Thrones of the Mortal Kombat series. Um, yeah, they just got to keep splitting people off so they can have more random JRPG-style encounters with fighting game villains. So Sonya finds another statue, like the one Shao Kahn rose from the ground when he killed Johnny Cage. Yeah. And then gets attacked by Melina. And yeah, who is unnamed throughout this whole film. Yeah. Yeah. They, she uh, goes Katana and Melina goes, you wish. And then they fight. Now, you know, if you're a fan of the Mortal Kombat franchise. Fan, I get it, Katana. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did want to yeah, bring this up because I, I don't think she pulls them out again. Katana no, does use does the fans the in the smoke fight. Yeah. The fuck? The fuck are those? In what universe are those practical <laughs> weapons? I mean, if you're fighting against a guy who's made mostly of smoke, <laughs> just just flap them about. <laughs> right, but they're not practical weapons no. for fighting a guy named Smoke even because there's no weave. There's no band <laughs> between the spines of the fan to yeah. move air. Air passes through them. They're like wiffle ball. Fucking... It does look like something that belongs more in like a Dynasty Warriors game as a weapon. Oh, it's they're dumb, 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 dumb. But but yes, yes. So Marlena and and yes, uh, who the fuck ever are fighting at it's, this it's, point? It's it's Marlena and uh, and Sonia. Sonia. And they do the fighting, and when Melina's defeated, and that's like that's how inconsequential this combat is. That's yeah. all I'm going to say about it. Uh, There's several other fights that are like this where it's just fighting happens and that's done. Yep. Her tattoo turns into a dragon like what happened to Cyrax. A cartoon of a dragon. <laughs> and, and while Sonya is watching this, she doesn't see the statue behind her fall apart and reveal it had a demon in it. Yeah. But Jax is there to do the punchings and save the day with his robot God. arms. God, I... Yeah, so this CGI cartoon... Demon with cartoon eyes. It looks like it looks like the rough draft of the I wanna I wanna say its name is the Eradicator from Spawn. Okay. Yes. The demon. Yes. It looks, it looks like the rough that. draft of the demon from Spawn. Which and and I The I, The I Violator. I, the Violator, thank you. And I I, yes. I have brought this up before, but in terms of like the early history of computer-generated animation uh, in, in film, uh, I consider Spawn to be the watermark. Right. Like you have to at least, at least, at least be better than Spawn. Right. That's a fair, that's, I mean, that's a generous watermark as well. So, yeah. you know, I don't think anyone could argue that's unfair. Right. And I will grant you, we are a couple of, like, like, we are, like, two years before Spawn, I think. Yeah. And so, as a result, I am, by, by the very nature of this rule, I am forced to give some due consideration. 
to what they were working with. Well, here we here we however we, to, we can I, I I offer a different rubric. At least be better than the CGI in Mortal Kombat. Oh. Which Annihilation doesn't manage. No. Instead, we've got what's basically... I mean, if you've ever seen The Violator from Spawn, is this big spindly fucker with a big jaw, right? This is The Violator on, like, weight gain milkshakes who took it too far, like, bulky in all the wrong places. Comes out like a cartoon. I laugh my fucking head off. I think life can't get any better. Jax appears and con- proceeds to punch it repeatedly on its ass. <laughs> That's the way they shot it. That's the way they desperately tried to make the perspective of the CGI work. (laughs) Because they couldn't get them to merge any other way. So it looks like, and therefore is, Jax constantly fisting this thing on the arse. I want... You know, they did all of these Mortal Kombat spin-off games. And I think they really missed an opportunity for a Jax-focused game that's nothing but punching (laughs) demons in the ass. It, it explains why, even after he learned his lesson about the metal arms, he keeps them on because of the amount of times he's got to essentially fist to the spawn of hell. <laughs> he does end with a cracking, like, like elbow, I think. I think it's like an elbow drop or a fist drop uh, on, on the demon's head. It just um, knocks it down into a hole. Yeah. It's weird. Best place for it. Best place for it. Uh,. Covered in mud. Somehow that's not the, the highlight of the CGI because, again, this movie never stops hitting a new crescendo. Uh, I've got a screenshot of that demon. You'll look at it and you'll think, well, there's no way the film gets better than this. It does. It does get it gets better. Yes. It gets so much better. Uh, covered in mud, Special Forces soldier Sodia Blade comments on how she needs to find a river and clean herself off. Don't have time to explain important plot details, but we do want to focus on how Sonya needs to find a river to clean the mud off herself. Special Forces Soldier, (laughs) Sonya Blade. Now, these aren't your regular forces, right? No. I hear there's something quite special about these forces. But her bath is going to have to wait because there are more ninja and they have to run. God, this is getting like a god-ho film. At the Eternal Palace, Raiden calls to the Elder Gods to protest the invasion of Earthrealm by Shao Kahn. Sorry, 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 Conrad, sorry. Um, uh, I think I find it's Raiden. Oh, God, you're so, I'm so sorry. You're right. That's okay, no problem, no problem. My no bad. Problem, no problem, no problem. He's given three questions to ask. So he asks why the treachery was allowed. They say... Why? Writing that fucking trite. Look, hang on. Hang Sorry. On. I, no, I, I've got a larger point about this that I'm going to get to here in a second. Yeah. I'm Are just, you... it's remembering this while the line, because for some reason I was just in love with it towards the end when Shao Kahn says you should have killed me when you had the chance because it's such a stock fucking line <laughs> that they say without shame. <laughs> like, I haven't stopped thinking about that line. So now re-remembering the three questions bit, just the... The lazy job that is done on some of this, while okay. again still retaining so much effort. Yes, and and remaining true to Mortal Kombat spirit in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, in in some twisted, perverse ways. So 
he gets he's given three questions to ask these nearly all powerful beings. Yes. So the first question is as he asks why they allowed this treachery to happen. And they Fat say question. I don't even think that should be included in the throne. No, no, but that is his question. And they say they don't control the destiny of man. And that doesn't really answer the question. What the no. fuck did man have to do with any of this? Mankind no, anything... is in no way responsible for any of this shit. Yeah, man, man's the victim, and I guess that's what they're saying. But, 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 are they not responsible for Shao Kahn in any way? Were there not rules put in place for this tournament? Do they not force them? Is there not like there's no punishment yeah. for breaking the rules? Like Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? Electing a new fucking Supreme Court member? Like what? What are we doing here? What does this governing body do exactly? Um, it was put there as a safeguard to stop things like to stop madmen and unqualified dictators from taking control. As if detecting <laughs> the audience's puzzled reaction to this answer. Yes. Raiden asks Raiden says, so you'll just sit by? And, and this is some genie fucking shit right here. Yes. Because that's his second question now. Yep. They 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 do this whole they they play it straight. They do the fucking basically they do the the same joke that was in the Simpsons except no joke. That's <laughs> yeah, no joke. Raiden's just this stupid. Yeah, and the elder gods are apparently fucking con merchants who will uh, like give you they answers that lead performers. to questions. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You you can't stump us. You can't ask us a question that we won't answer in a way that'll make you have to ask something. <laughs> so they confirm that they are just going to sit by. And the fact that Katana is the key to closing the portals. So they have confirmed <laughs> Raiden's theory that he came up with, which is also the legend that Sub-Zero, the Sub-Zero hurt. That is also, we will find out, the grand design. <laughs> a thousand year long prank by Shinnok and his kid. <laughs> so I don't know whether that makes the Elder Gods stupid or liars at this point. Well, like, Raiden, we've already liar. confirmed, is stupid. I mean, Shinnok is still an Elder God at this point, so technically he is a liar. He is. I mean, he is. Oh no! I mean, I'm talking about this, the specific elder gods right now who are backing up his lie. Right? No. Oh yeah. Well, no. They're just like yeah. They're not just. They're just saying it's like lie of omission. It's like, it's like you know, if you were to um uh, uh just to give you a, a, a I don't know yeah I'll spitball off the top of my head if you were to cast your vote in a an election <laughs> to elect a leader. Why are we doing this again? <laughs> But sorry, no, continue with your example. That, that you didn't, you know, like, agree with all of the things, but but they, they spoke yeah. a message to you that really resonated. <laughs> and so you were willing to set aside... Oh, I see. ...all of this other stuff that they said that they were going to do. Yeah, And you yeah. know that they're a liar, right? Yeah. But yeah, you go ahead yeah, and you record. follow through anyway. And then mm-hmm. after the, the fact, you're just like, well, yeah, that's... I mean, but I still support it. I yeah, give yeah. Chance. yeah. I mean, I mean, what what he's doing could lead to my eventual destruction and and the deaths of many. But 
but I would vote for him again. His last question. Yeah. Is if reuniting Katana and Sindel will be enough. So we're just doubling down. He was That's just it. Just whittling. It's like, I think, I think Raiden being as like canonically stupid as he is, like just forgot it and was then, three yeah. and thought he was playing 20 questions and thought he had the answer and who had won the game. And yet, He's like, brilliant. I've done it in three. This still turns out to be a cunning move on his part, like a like an idiot savant move. Mm. Because he does find out that there are more details. He's clearly worked with Elder Gods before. And he learns he'll still have to kill Shao Kahn. And he's asked if he's willing to sacrifice his immort- immortality for the humans. I guess. Like, why, why was that a point? I don't know. Like, the Elder Gods... We're more or less, we can't do nothing. And then there's, what's this now? But but do you want to do, if you want, we could take away your immortality. We could do that. <laughs> it's almost like, right, someone had promised um, that everyone would get everything they wanted. And they they said, you know, they had rules in place. There were rules in place to protect everyone, right? Right, right, right. And right. then some other people marched in when you wanted change and said, I'll tell you what, we'll replace that. We'll repeal it first. We'll replace it with something better. Mm -hmm. Trust us, we've got something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Very, very much like that. Yeah, so so it's like, like, we can't really offer you what we said we'd offer you. We can take some of your stuff away, though. Right. Would you like to lose some things? Um, So that's that's what it is. You know, we'll take your immortality um, and, you know, trust me. Trust me, we're going to replace it with something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Back in the desert, Sonya and Jax run into Liu Kang and Jade. Introductions are made. Jax admires Jade's legs. She says nothing oh, yeah. about his arms. He's, by the he way. looks at her legs and says, um, you've got some nice legs. For kicking, I mean. <laughs> and you are right. Yeah, she doesn't say anything about his fucking metal sleeves. <laughs> Maybe Liu Kang makes mention of it. I don't, I, I don't recall. Knows. Uh, the, the, these are like a lot of specific dialogue. If it's not immediately outrageous, just gets lost yeah. in the outrage. Well, yeah, of everything. well, you know, I mean, because that's you know, you when you're faced with a constant onslaught of just like what the fuck all the time. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. it's nonstop. If it's not some bizarre line, it's some new character introduction, some bizarre performance, some weird special effect, some new fight. You wind up missing some of the, like, nitty-gritty kind of background stuff that maybe actually is important to the ongoing narrative. There may be things in there that are resolved that we think are unresolved. I couldn't tell you. It's a fog of what the fuck. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's and and it, I mean, yeah, it's possible that things have transpired that you know in these conversations that we weren't really paying enough attention to. Yeah, maybe they were talking while backflipping. We don't know. We don't. We don't know. We've we've we're we've not missed the it because we here. were so focused on this constant deluge. Of increasingly more insane shit happening. Yes. <clears throat> yes. So. Do, do please continue. Thank you. Uh, so after this legs thing, which is really weird. Yeah. 
they they because uh... it she's wearing like like full pants. He's not like it's not like she's wearing shorts or a skirt or anything. He's just looking at the like through material, and it's it's I don't even think it's skin tight material. He's and, just yeah. looking and he's, at and it's a creepy pickup line. Yeah, that then it's like I mean for kicking. Like, like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be leering at you. I have an honest martial arts admiration for the physical form of your leg. Yes, yes. Um, ni- nice legs. Like, like, <laughs> like, I've got to wonder, because it came out so naturally that he had to cover it up afterwards, like, when he was caught by her reaction. Well, I'm like, like, does that normally work for him? Did he used to work on a construction site? In a former life, like before he became Special Forces member Jack. Special Forces! <laughs> so they become aware of the precariousness of their position with Shao Kahn's forces hunting them down. Oh, speaking of, Shao Kahn's forces are here, and the four go running to the Temple of the Elder Gods. But Raiden's not there. Yes. And then he is, flipping in and sporting a wild new haircut. Maybe this is, in the games, he's like this at some point when he's got that, like, hood thing covering his head. Right. That could be. Maybe that's when he has this hairstyle. But for fuck's sake, <laughs> he looks like a douche. He looks amazing. It's, it is. Yeah. It's a lot on top. It's a it's lot like on your top. Dad, yes. Your dad woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm the next Billy Eichel. <laughs> This was all the rage back when I was your age, son. Come on, come out with your dad. Be seen in public with me. Let me meet your friends. Raiden meets Jade, gives the heroes shit for fighting amongst themselves, asks where Katana is, and belittles Jack's dependence on his robot arms, saying he doesn't yes. need them and has a true strength that they're holding him back from. So he's ba- he's pulled the trigger on Jax's character arc. Right. Um, and when I say character arc, I mean character leap because... Now we won't think about that until later, nope. until the conclusion of the character arc. But it is compared to everything else in the film and arc. It's 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 sort of like character warp travel. Yeah, yeah. it's at least got some like a Chekhov moment. It's at least got a bit of foreshadowing, unlike anything else. Raiden tries to use his powers to help the team escape through a portal, but he's losing them, so it's taking some time. And as he tries mm-hmm. to do his lightning magic. Sindel screams gloriously. It's amazing. It is big old shriek. And it begins tearing apart the Temple of the Elder Gods. Yep. With special effects that are not actually, bad. Actually, they're the only serviceable special effects in the whole film, I think. Yeah. It's almost like they, maybe they spent all the budget here. Also, oh, I, 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 I mentioned this to you, and I don't think it is the monument that I mentioned when I was talking to you about this before the show. Uh, the Temple of the Elder Gods, though, I I, I think that's a... Uh, uh, it might be a Pueblo, um, like, monument, or, you know, like, former right. residence. Uh, it is, it is, but it is very... Like, it, they went to a location for that. That, that's, that is... It, and it is weird that they did that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, I wouldn't be surprised if I learned out half the sets were, like, the interior of a Pepito's that they took the tables out of. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, 
the walls of the canyon are tearing down, but uh, Raiden and the heroes escape just in time. But it's not an escape, according to Shao Kahn, who seems pleased that they've fallen into whatever trap he's put them in. Yeah. And they land in Outworld. a thousand years to plan. <laughs> yes. This... <laughs> they land in Outworld, which is merging with Earth, so the Golden Gate Bridge is there, of course. Uh, why is it? Why is it in all of these fucking, like, Armageddon-y, disaster-y scenarios? The Golden Gate Bridge is the monument that we choose. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, they could have, you know, created an accidental future faux pas by doing, like, the World Trade Center. Oh, they did that too. (laughs) (coughs) It's a lot of of noise you're making today. (laughs) Keeping it in, you know. As if I had it. Anyway, uh, Jade says she knows where Katana is at Khan's palace, palace, which is is not the place she said they were that she was before. They Honestly, went to that though, place. Honestly, though, I I think this movie would have been better if if they'd have called it Khan's palace. <laughs> Khan's palace. Khan's palace. Khan's palace. Look, if they are just tight like that. I don't think it would have made the film any less silly. No, no. If if every time Khan was mentioned, it's just hey Shao Khan, <laughs> I'm in your palace. Get me back, Sonia. <laughs> Don't throw in that rep. Did you see how I fucked up Shang Tsung? <laughs> uh, but no, so they don't cotton on that no. Jade has now changed the location of Katana. Now, now, now she, and she doesn't offer, like, maybe they moved her or any such bullshit. So they just pass right by it. Yeah, and... And then offers to take them through secret passes that she knows about. Yeah. I, I, what I love about it, though, is it continues the, the, the canon that the protagonists are all stupid. But it also gets by the audience because we're still just so stunned by everything else happening in the film. Exactly. that I, I couldn't take it in. It's very, I very missed subtle. that the location had changed. I, I'm imagining like it's because you were taking notes and, yes. and were re-watching and, and going over that you even picked that up. Well, it's because I just read it now and had that thought. <laughs> exactly. It's like how I'm like remembering details from the photos I took. Right, right, yeah. Like it's the only way to... Get out of this fever dream with memories. Right, you can't, because, it, yes, it's, uh... Have you, you need to see the movie Get Out, Jim. All right. Uh, have I told you this yet, that you need to see Get Out? I, I don't think we've talked the, about movies The name's been familiar enough to where I've heard of it. For fuck's sake, go, go this weekend. All right. Take, take oh, fuck! Get out! The big famous one. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, like, heavily on my to-watch list. Yeah, yeah. Shit. No, no, I'm not... I am, not, totally fuck, I am not fucking around, Jim. No, I've heard enough hype that I am... Yeah, like, first opportunity I get to actually go to the, the theatre to... And, to yeah, you gotta see it in a cinema. Watched. You gotta see it in a theatre, and you, you gotta see an evening showing. Pay full ticket price. Don't fuck around with a matinee. Pray for an audience to be in that room. Because the movie oh. is great. But having like I was that movie, my enjoyment of that film would have been amplified tenfold if there had been more than eight people in the theater when I saw it. Hmm. It is if you if if you, if that's not a possibility, like I would ask how many tickets have been sold for the showing before you go in. And if that's not going to work out, you might as well wait 
you might as well call all of your friends basically and say, "Come, we're going to this movie tonight," and, right, and just right. bring a dozen people. Okay, well, I'll I'll bear that all in mind. Um, I don't know if I'll have time to do it today because this podcast's taking a while. Yeah, but that goes for fucking uh, everybody out there. If you have not seen Get Out, stop this. <laughs> stop what you're doing. Go see Get Out. Uh, I haven't seen Get Out, but I did watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation this morning. Oh, so glorious. <laughs> I mean, it's almost on the same level. <laughs> um... So Jackson and Sonia are not sure about this idea that Jade has contributed. They don't entirely trust her the way that, you know, Liu Kang does because she was all up on his nuts. Yes. And and, and Raiden because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's he's either at this point an idiot or, like, he is on some primo grade shit. He's just completely incompetent. No, it's like some protector of Earth, right? Yeah. Shao Kahn's Shao Kahn, Shao Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn's dad is pissed about Shere the destruction. Shere Khan, <coughs> Shere Khan, Khan's dad is pissed about the destruction of the temple of the elder gods, saying it puts the whole planet at risk. How? <laughs> but Shao Kahn justifies it as necessary and promises Daddy will be proud. Yeah. Uh, this is also how. Well, I mean, this would be uh, like. If you know, I, I kind of I, I kind of liken this to giving your son-in-law who you don't really like all that much a whole lot of responsibility in your government, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and and just overburdening him with too much. I mean, this is a thousand-year plan, and it was clearly too much for Shao Kahn to handle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like well, way the complexities know. of it. I think. I think afterwards they did point out he had minimal involvement anyway. <laughs> you see, we're mixing, we're mixing it up. We're, we're mixing up the metaphors, yet it's all still working. You're all still getting them. So it doesn't really matter that it's factually unlinked, the, the, the things we're talking about. You're all still getting them. The good guys find the ruins of the royal family's temple. Now, this is the royal family of Edenia, I guess, if you're keeping score. And Cinderella's there, and she attacks. And she's glorious. God. She's amazing. Like, she's talking with an accent, and I, 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 it's like, it's not like, like, the accent is thick or anything that I can't understand her. It's that she is so unhinged when she talks. Yes, it's she. I can't remember much of what she said. I just got the general gist that the the whole prophecy bullshit, like the whole katana and her mother reuniting thing, was bollocks. Yeah, and we're not. And, we're almost there. We're not quite yeah. there yet. Uh, that's coming up in like a scene or two. But Raiden okay. sees this as an opportunity to capture her because. I mean, you know, if the whole point of this is to get Katana and... Oh, that bit, right, I'm sorry. And, yes. and Sindel together, then, well, this is half their problem, right? I forgot about the hilarious bit where Sindel's just captured. Yes, exactly, yes. So, Liu Kang goes on to rescue Katana by himself. Again, with the fucking Scooby-Doo shit. Yep. Um, he has a dance-off with some ninja. Um, and, 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 and this is Raiden. Raiden has a dance-off with some ninja. Right, and then yep. by, by the time he's done, 
Jax, Sonya, and Jade have all conveniently defeated Sindel. Yeah, she's just done. She's just done. And he even he even cannot fucking believe this. Oh, yeah, yeah, they hang a lampshade on it. <laughs> uh, at Shao Kahn's palace, he is inspiring his troops with a rousing speech while Luke Kang skulks towards the palace entrance. Now, yeah. And Chinook is actually, like, seems to be really proud yeah, of he's the impressed. speech. He's impressed it's with like how his son's everything doing else, it. everything else you fucked up, but you're a good orator. Yeah, yeah. And now, I guess it's almost as if, right? You can be incompetent in all forms of government in doing your job, but so long as you just give some rallying speech, one, people say you're presidential. One competent, one competent speech, just one, turn the whole yeah, fucking and, thing around for you. Yeah, and even if that speech itself is riddled with problems um, and, and full of scary rhetoric, like you'll come off good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll, they will say after this speech. This is the moment where Shinnok looks at Shao Kahn and says, "Yeah, he's finally acting like a leader. Yeah, he's ready now." I could have gone the other way and said he could say any old bollocks and people would cheer. That, that, but that like also I said, like, but that's it also would have worked. You'd so get him valuable. anyway. <laughs> yeah, you'd get him. <laughs> uh, I guess did I, we don't we don't find out. Someone that. once said that the worst thing about Trump's presidency was hearing my political jokes on these podcasts. <laughs> I mean, first of all. I, like, can I have your life? Because that's amazing. <laughs> that's if that's the awesome. worst thing, that's that awesome. beautiful. High five, D- my dude. You're doing so well. To put it um, in the words of Charlie Sheen, winning. Yes. Or in the form of, of Proto Sheen, animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's, let's, let's get through Right, this. right, right. All right. Uh, so. Liu Kang, I guess, is, I guess he's told by Jade how to sneak into the palace. Yeah, he's just there. I guess, because he just sort of gets in, no problem. Um, inside, he finds Katana in a cage, but before he can work that crank to Whoa. set her free, he, he gets attacked by Baraka, who looks like... <laughs> he, he looks he like... I, all right, and so I said to Jim, when I saw Baraka, he looks like a Guar reject. And, and now I have since... <laughs> Sent a, a an image to Jim to look at. You have this is the cover. I saw it. Yeah, this is the cover of a a Guar side project album by the lead singer, the former lead singer of uh, of Guar, Dave Brocky. May he rest in peace. The Dave Brocky experience, diarrhea of a madman, and I swear to God, it looks exactly like him. It is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just to. First of all, look up that. I mean, I'm sure you could just look up. Well, I'm, I'm, there's going to be a picture on the website on, on thegymquisition.com. Oh, this, um, is, this, uh, this almost certainly has to be the thumbnail for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but God, but so my main question is, like, why is he dressed like a cartoon pirate? <laughs> I, I feel like, again, the way this movie uses its own bullshit to distract the audience from problems... It works, because the first time I saw Baraka, all I could look at was the weird sailor suit-looking thing he was wearing. Oh, I this was weird pirate shirt. 
Like the face um, held me. And so I missed the the way the arm blades. That's the thing. That's yes, the, that's yeah. the thing we all miss. Because we are either looking at the awful mask, which is hilarious, or we're looking, in my case, at the sailor suit, at the, the weird pirate shirt. We're all missing the fact that he's got human arms, like you can clearly see normal human flesh arms, that then stop abruptly at the wrist to become big puffed up Popeye the Sailor Man forearms through which some really shitty knives come out that look like and they look like in they look infl- like inflatable pool toys almost like that yeah like they don't look dangerous at all um and you're distracted from that and also the fact that you can see the real man's head through Baraka's <laughs> mouth it is literally like being at a gore show it's like did you run out of enough like lycra hoods like, did you use them all on Cyrax? It's not like you actually burn Cyrax, just reuse the fucking Zentai suit. So the fighting happens, which yep. concludes atop the cage as Baraka is sort of casually kicked off by Liu Kang and falls yeah. into, I, I guess, yeah. the, another one of the many, many flaming pits that are just all over uh, Shao Kahn's palace. Yes, which I'm assuming were there as, um, you know, references to the environmental right. fatalities. Yeah. Right. Um, because, again, somehow this movie did pay attention to the games. Liu Kang opens the cage and embraces Katana, but the reunion is cut short by Shiva, <laughs> whose moment Who in the them. sun is then cut short in response by the dropping of the cage atop her. I love yep. this. I love this because you know what this says to me? What's that? Fuck, I really don't want to animate this four-armed person. <laughs> um, to me, it was... Um... Uh, this was evocative of what I said earlier when you're writing on cardboard and squeezing everything in. It's like, there was no more time for fights. <laughs> yeah. No more time for fights, no more time for characters. It was like, shit, we don't have enough protagonists for antagonists for the end fight. we got to get rid of people. I need to, we need Baraka in there. Um, fuck, where's Ermac going to go? Shit, <laughs> how can I hold all of these Mortal Kombat characters? Uh, and that's what dropping a cage on Shiva's poor fucking head said to me it is it is in the spinning plate performance <laughs> that is mortal Kombat annihilation sindel is the one that falls shiva shiva sorry Shiva's sorry. the one that yeah. falls no sindel sindel's yeah. fun dropping the shiva Dro- uh, that's dropping what it is the shiva. When, you, when you have to wrap up a character because you've got no room for o- them okay we got to put that in the lexicon now yep yep all right <clears throat> So, Shiva's dealt with. Shiva's dealt with. All the heroes come back together, and Raiden says Katana's love for Sindel will restore her. And they pull a weird Sleeping Beauty routine. Like, (laughs) really creepy. Yeah. But it was all a trap. It turns out there was no legend about reuniting Katana with (laughs) Sindel. (laughs) And Jade was also working for the bad guys the whole time. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, yeah, Sindel gets her moment. Like, her speech, which again, she I has can't got retain this wicked eye of. thing going. Like, yeah, like I was looking at her, and I've got a screenshot of her smiling, um, which I just tagged my face when I'm watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation because her grins are just so manic and and, and looking at her. That's what they are. They are lascivious. There is <laughs> a secret, dirty passion written into yeah. every well, smile I, she gives. I was thinking about it, and. 
those rare moments when you see Aubrey Plaza smile. Yes. Right? Yes. Imagine, imagine if that was also like the way the devil smiled. Yes. And you've got you've got Sindel. It's Aubrey Plaza by way of Satan. That that is it's that's perfect. It's quite something. And she is amazing, and I love it when she spins around laughing for no reason. Uh, yeah, it uh, turns out... Or no, when she talks to Raiden, like, she's talking to Liu Kang and Sonya, and turns to talk to Raiden, but she doesn't turn. She has to do a full pirouette spin to him. <laughs> Just the the pointless flair that's in so many minor interactions of this film are incredible. Well, And then she starts to transform to do her transformation from Lady Diana into Wonder Woman. Yes. That's that's exactly what she does. She spins around. Like it's supposed to be her spin attack teleport thing. Yeah. But they don't graphically speed her up in a way that's interesting, so she just dun 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 Uh and uh so she teleports away, Jade slinks off, all everyone's distracted by that. And the Earth Realm heroes pretty pissed at Raiden for screwing the pooch here. And Raiden realizes that he's been lied to by the Elder Gods. Sonya, in all of this, observes that Raiden has a tattoo. And it happens to be the one, the same one as the ones flying off of robots. Turns out it's a family crest that allows passage through the realms and only belongs to members of his bloodline. Or, I guess, they could be transferred to them temporarily, and that's why the little things come off and fly away when they die. So I guess they were, like, like press-on tattoos? This is really poorly explained, if I'm being totally honest, not to mention just being stupid. Uh, yeah. Uh, and again, not really mattering. No. no but it, well, it does mean that his dad, an elder god, is in on this, and shocker, Shao Kahn is Raiden's brother. Yeah, by the yeah, way, more, more like Shao Kahn. By, by the way, I could mm-hmm. have brought this Inside up at any time, <laughs> at any time during all of this, yeah. that the guy that we're fighting is my brother. That yeah. could, any, at any point, could have brought it up, didn't bother. He, he chose to do the stupid thing, <laughs> which is consistent with his character. He chose to withhold very important information that may have been useful in a myriad it's, of, of these, ways. These cryptic god fuckers. That's what it is. Yes. That's, yeah, cryptic god fuckers. At Shao, um, Khan's, it, at Shao Kahn's palace, Jade is reprimanded for not having killed the heroes. This is a theme! Yeah. <laughs> People Someone don't... just kill the heroes. <laughs> and, and it's like, how many times do I have to tell you guys? Like, Shao Kahn gets it after yeah. he's told by Shinnok once. Like, say just what once. you will about Shao Kahn. He learns the lesson and then tries yeah. to apply it to all of his underlings. Like, you've got to imagine this is not the first time this has happened. And he probably did start just by telling him once. <gasps> and it's just got to the point now where it's like, I'm 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 throwing them in fire pits and hitting them with big hammers and they are not getting it. <laughs> Just kill the heroes. You had the heroes. Kill the heroes. Shao Kahn has her killed by dragon eating. See, he can kill anyone. And warns Sindel that she might be next. 
Yeah, well, I mean, actually, he threatens. He say, he says Sindel is the dead one. Yeah, well, and then looks at dead. Jade and yeah. says, "You will be soon," and then kills her, and then gives Sindel more work to do, even though he's basically said she's gonna die no matter what. Well, no, she's been resu- she's been resurrected, so she was already dead. She's undead, technically. Oh, is that what it was? I thought he was threatening to kill her again. Yeah, I think he's I think he's suggesting that she's already dead. Yeah. Oh, that didn't that didn't come off well. No, no, it did not. Uh. But Mataro's taking some serious pleasure in this shit because he got passed over for promotion. Yes, we should point out again, um, for those who've forgotten, because it was a while ago, uh, Mataro is the centaur, uh, if you're unfamiliar with that. He wants this job! And he really wants this job. And he's got, like, no competition for it now that Shiva's dead. Yeah, yeah, now that everyone... It's him and Ermac. It's between him and Ermac. Let's be honest. Who's going with Ermac? Yeah, yeah, but Ermac was never a serious contender. No, no. Uh, Raiden explains to the heroes that his father decreed that his heir must be strong enough to kill his own brother in battle. And despite the fact that Raiden could defeat him in battle, he couldn't kill him, and he still can't. And that makes me really fucking question why he decided to, like abandon his immortality in the first fucking place <laughs> because he already knew he couldn't do the thing the elder god said was necessary to stop it. <laughs> what the fuck, Raiden? I think at this point, like, he's just looking to die. He is just a tremendous asshole is what he is. The t- and the team he is wanted everyone to feel sorry for him. off at him for putting them in this position. Yep. So they decide to put all their hoops, hopes on Liu Kang. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. They slink off into Outworld without Raiden. Oh, we should also point out that um, when, Ra- when Raiden is dying on the floor, um, Jax helps out by taking off his jacket, and they just all instantly decide to fold it up neatly and put it under Raiden's head for a nice pillow. <laughs> Raiden, I just Raiden's found not, that Raiden's very funny. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It, we're almost. This there. has become a bit of a theme on the podcast, where about let's call it the hour fifty mark. You are literally I one start, scene ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I end up getting out of sync because like everything's turned into a blur for right. me. Yeah. So I do apologize. Everything's turned into a blur. So um, as they, my uh, mind wanders. As they approach Shao Kahn's warriors. Uh, we discover that the music composer found their theremin in a closet somewhere. <laughs> oh, it does get weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it gets fucking, like almost John Carpenter fucking weird. Raiden confronts his father, saying that it's not weak to value life. Shinnok offers to bring him back into the fold, but Raiden says that humans are his family now, so uh, that ain't happening. Uh, Shao Kahn blasts the fuck out of him, and the earthworm, the earthworm, the earth realm heroes come together over their fallen. Honestly, combat. if a bunch of earthworm heroes turned up, it wouldn't really detract. Well, you at know, this point. I mean, they could be earthworm Jim heroes. Yeah, they would, they would fit at this point. They would all earthworm Jim could turn up, and it would be fine. In fact, Ed Boon, I because I know you're listening to this. I know you're listening to this, Ed Boon. Get earthworm Jim 
into the next Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Just do it. Um, what the hell was I going to say? I wanted to point something out. Oh, yeah, I was just going to point out that um, Shao Kahn wastes no time now that the twist has been revealed overusing the word brother in a kind of derogatory tone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he's a villain because, in a and movie. And now he can say it. Now, now the script has said it's okay for him to reference yeah. it in this way. He's waited a thousand years to be able to do it. But he can now condescendingly say the word brother. That's what the plan was this whole time. That was That's it. That, the was the thing was that was the end to. game. Yeah. Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn was destined to be a villain. He said, there's two things I need to do. I need to condescendingly refer to a family member. And I need to say, you should have killed me when you had the chance. And that night, he got a twofer. So, being that Raiden is such a, a significant character in the film, yes, very, very important to the franchise and the series as a whole. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it stands to reason that if he's going to be killed, he needs to have his final words uh, be something of gravitas and importance. Yeah, ideally he probably shouldn't have someone's secondhand jacket as a pillow. Uh, as well, Probably but we're not. past but, that. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, and so I just I want to. It's just important that we establish the the depth of importance that that this should have. Well, it's like a major Star Wars character dying. Right, like they need to either say something memorable or it should be a significant passing of the torch it should have some it sort should, of deep and, character it should consequence ab- abruptly with no opportunity so that there's shock to it something something should go on that's really sort of you know marks what an important legacy this character um you know is a is about to have have left behind right and so here are raiden's final words mhm i am proud to die a mortal like you. Huh. Setting aside that it's just like, like there's no impact. No. None no. whatsoever to that statement. It's not delivered well either. Um, you know, I, I think he's a fine actor, but that, it, it, yeah. That's what mortals do. Yeah. And, 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 it, and the delivery is an issue. Because if he had said, I am proud to die, pause, a mortal, pause, like you. Yeah, that would have worked. That means something very different from, I am proud to die, a mortal, pause, like you. Which is how this is delivered. I am proud to die, a mortal, like you. As opposed to what? Mortality means death. I mean, again, like... If you are immortal, you you do not die. You can infer from the dialogue that he means his... Him dying means he's mortal, therefore he's proud to be like Liu Kang. But Conrad is absolutely on the money because the way this is delivered brings an entirely different context. (laughs) In fact, just better words would what? have worked. Sorry. Like to impl- infer that he's proud to die 
you know, in a way that symbolizes a kinship with Liu Kang. There are so many ways to get that across. Some some even wordlessly, which would have been better for this film to use as, as few <laughs> words as possible. Um, but yeah, I'm proud to die a mortal beat like you um, in that flat tone. I mean, it's not the ideal way, even if he is dressed like your dad <laughs> pretending to be Billy Idol for Raiden to go out. No, not so much. Oh, paired fighting happens. Uh, yeah, very unsubtle paired fighting. Like they, they tease it for like a minute and then explicitly state who is going to fight who. Well, they they call dibs. They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um we have um Jackson Jax Motaro chooses Motaro says he's going to take. He says something about horses or whatever. Um, then for my what my money is the most memorable quote of the film then comes up, even though it shouldn't be. Um, because it is very easily lost. But I never thought I would hear a fighting game video game movie um, have a woman look up and say, I'll take my mother. <laughs> but she does, oh, she and does. and it's just said in passing, which is suitable for this film, that something that amazing as an innuendo is said so casually and forgotten about so quickly right, well, and, and, uh, and that you don't have time to yeah, process you, it. You don't. I know. I agree. It is. It's just another example. Yeah. Well, again, because it's then automatically, immediately overshadowed. <laughs> yes. Because then Sonia looks at Ermac and says, I'm happy with leftovers or I'm fine with leftovers. Which is, that's actually a pretty good Mortal Kombat joke. Because that's what Ermac was. Yeah, Ermac yeah. just leftover palette swap red ninja. Yeah, like it's a it's a funny joke, but also because this is Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and it can't just be that straightforward. The fact that Sonya, who you know plot wise has just been left with nothing else to do, she literally is essentially is being leftover. Isn't she? Yeah, like the whole thing becomes a commentary on the fact that this fight has too many people in it and. Very few of them have plot relevance. Uh, so yeah, Katana fights Sindel. Sonya's left to deal with Ermac. Uh, Luke Kang moves to confront Shao Kahn. Also, I'd like to point out, there are 20 minutes left in the running time. <laughs> this is not looking good for our heroes. Yeah. Jackson's Luckily, got... there's not going to be 20 minutes left for the podcast Th because... Thank God, like, no, this, it won't this... take that long. Uh, yeah, Jax is getting quick. his ass royally kicked until he eventually gets his robot arm torn off. Yep, his rubber arms, his rubber sleeves peel off. Well, just one of them, because he's still got the right arm going. Uh, yeah. Sonya's being defeated by a twin attack in comical style, and nothing interesting's happening with Sindel. No, no, it really is a rubbish fight. It is just, it's it's disappointing. Like, there should yeah. be some hair pulling, I don't know, something. Yeah, or do the scream again. I kept wondering why yeah, she wasn't where's just the screaming scream? the whole time. It's the most powerful attack we've seen in either film so far. Yeah, do her do her high jump spinning like drill attack. Do yeah, something. Just do a thing. Anything will do. Uh, but Jax realizes the strength within himself tears off his other robot arm. Yeah. Which then in turn inspires everyone else, and they all immediately turn the tides of their battles. Yeah. Everyone, everyone really does well. Uh, Jax punches um, 
what was really bad CGI, but I think for this scene is really bad rubber. Yep. Um, for the the centaur parts of Masara Makaro, um, there is a one point where he stamps down with a hoof, and for some reason we get a close up, which is a shame because you sh- it shows the rubber all bunching and accordioning up on the leg of the hoof. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, that happens. Motaro and Ermac are killed. Sindel is kept alive to witness Shao Kahn's demise. Why? I guess. I, I guess she was going after to Shao Kahn's defeated, she wanted to, an excuse. The, the, the soul's going to be released. I who cares. Liu Kang discovers his animality and transforms it to a dragon. <laughs> he transforms into a a a, 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 cartoon, a CGI cartoon doing its best impression of. A claymation dragon, and I like. I, I guess. I, I guess the dragon's technically an animal in the cryptozoological sense. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 Mortal Kombat stuff, so I'm, I won't blame the film for any of that. Um, but yeah, you know, he turns into a, a mythical animal. Yeah. Uh, and Jack says, um, you know, uh, something. I, I think it's just and now I've seen everything yes. or something yes. like that. You know, which is not um, true because there's still more to no. see. And here, oh, the best audio <gasps> moment of this film is about to come. I'm so oh, excited. Oh, fuck me. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Shao Kahn transforms into this Hydra snake thing. Yes, his head stretches, and I got the perfect screenshot of his head all stretching up, um, looking ludicrous, looking like brain scan level bad of stretchy effect. And, yeah, it turns into a, a, a penis-headed Hydra. And uh, bad... CGI fighting happens. Um, like the, yeah. as they fall off the ruins that they're fighting atop, you know, at the end of this battle, they look like action figures being just like knocked off a child's yeah. table. Like I can't describe how shockingly appallingly bad this is. Like for a movie that was for the budget it had, um, for a movie that was not produced by amateurs. No, it is. I, I, I would say inexcusable if not for the fact that in a deadly premonition kind of way, it just made it better. Yeah, it did. That's, that's um, the thing. It did actually, it it came all the way back around on me. And by the yeah, time like, that... it was so bad that it was amazing. When, when I saw them fall, I was like, you know, I all of the ills in terms of visual design and so forth, the fact that they looked at that and said, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. And, and and I've got to I have to assume at some point more than once someone who worked on this project looked at their work and just said fuck it. But somehow it's all okay because it, yeah, it, it it's all just consistently bad enough that it's it's it, it is still it there's it, it still feels like a press a progression like there's still an escalation. No, it's like every good movie should have right. Yeah. The film like, only like, gets more I've comically seen, bad as you progress through it. I've seen better films that have, you know, rather drawn out tedious moments that I kind of tune out of. This doesn't even have that. Like, this is just a constant, like, Saints Row style escalation to the point of utter. Like, the, the, the fabric of common sense in filmmaking is unraveled by the time this thing's done. Yeah. Yeah, like there are so many. We do we, the thing we do a lot, you know, where we say, "Oh God, this was bad." Here's how we would have fixed it. Here's how we might have approached that differently. You notice we have not said that. 
throughout the course yeah. of this conversation. Because I don't yeah. know that there's anything that could be done. And to to fix some of the, <laughs> some, maybe even any of the flaws in this, would be to damage its perfect failure. Yeah, it throws it out of balance. You fix a single thing in that film and it is thoroughly unbalanced. <laughs> it is it is a clock that should not keep time yet does. Yeah. Um, it is I mean we could come up with metaphors all day, but either way shit's fucked and it's fucked so good. It's it's amazing. So the uh uh Khan has been wounded in this fight, though he should be invincible. And and so he's a little uh, upset and concerned, and this is said by Chinook to be a consequence of them having broken the rules of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Now, what is it about Chinook that he's got such a hard-on for seeing at least one of his sons, if not both, die? I, I don't know. I don't he get seems it. Like, like, that seems to be his, his ultimate goal, which doesn't seem all I that aligned with Shao Kahn. pride in one of his kids. <sighs> But it always seems to come at the expense of the other one. Like, but someone both, has to they're die. They're both fuckwits, right? Yeah, and so really yeah. the only way he could feel any sense of pride in either of them is for one to prove just a little more competence in recognizing what a fuckwit the other one was and just put him out of his misery. Yeah, just go full Darwin. So oh, I don't know. the elder gods. No, we haven't even gotten up to the bit where they fold Chinook up like he's a piece no, of no, paper. No, we're getting there. The elder gods <laughs> arrive to put a stop to Chinook's meddling and say that the fate of the is this a multiverse? Whatever will be decided Whatever. as it always should be with Mortal Kombat. Now, this is. This is so wonderful the way this is done because there are two other elder gods. There's a, like a water god and a fire god. And yeah. the water god... Chinook's is, the god of dicks. Yeah, basically. And, and the water god, you know, sort of starts off this bit saying, you know, that, oh, you know, we're going to stop this. And and then the other one says, it's going to be decided as it always should have been with... And when he says Mortal Kombat, they layer over the Mortal Kombat <laughs> thing. Yeah. And I I was sitting in my chair watching it going yes i like i was actually bellowing yes i also did this i vocally <laughs> reacted like i cannot fucking believe they just did this cuz yeah are, and then the music plays be, and you have to consciously will yourself to make a decision that bad right from like an audio editing perspective there are a thousand better ways to do this in any other film but there's only yeah. one way to do it in Mortal Kombat in this film yeah like that's what we could do we could say you know if we were doing a Mortal Kombat film and we wanted to do a scene where someone says Mortal Kombat yeah dozens of great ways to do it no not even there's that. only not one way that. to do it the night it, not 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 even the, the the composition of the scene but the application of the Mortal Kombat audio Oh no no no! That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying like like right atop the guy, the god's thing. Yeah, there's only one way to do it, like you said in in this film, and that's the exact way they did it. Like, it's just the most, the least competent way possible. No, no subtlety. It's it's not even like it goes beyond. Like it's not a casual wink at the audience. It's like 
it's like they made a giant face with a huge yeah. eye. It's it's like it's such a glaring. Winked. It's the kind of error so bad that you think maybe it was done on purpose to cover up some other incompetence. Like they had a sound editor who literally didn't know how to cut audio and didn't know how to remove the Mortal Kombat bit from the beginning of the song. So they said, let's lay it over the other person saying Mortal Kombat mind that there so are that like it looks like it's on purpose. fucking remixes of the Mortal Kombat song to choose from. Well, they were only working with um, 30 million in that year's sort of time. They, they couldn't license more music or hire actors or props or costumes. Climactic extended go. club mix fighting happens. Yes. Uh, and when Shao it's, Kahn it's is all... ultimately defeated, it is not a remarkable fight. No, it's all... By this point, like, you've gorged on the unknowable. Right. At this point, one more kung fu fight isn't going to hurt or help. So when Shao Kahn's defeated, his dragon tattoo tears out of his back, as opposed to just, yes. like, peeling off like a decal. Well, it, it comes out of him like... like like it occupied his body. He was a body. dragon in human skin. Yeah. Like he leaves the skin on the ground. Because again, even when you've gorged on everything this film has and you watch another, you think, okay, the final shitty kung fu fight, well, say shitty, final competent kung fu fight, whatever. Oh, wait, no. Here's a CGI dragon coming out of a man cocoon. Hang on. Because wait, there's more. Then Shinnok is transported to the fucking Phantom Zone. <laughs> And you know how great this film is? Is that even though I brought that up minutes ago, I forgot it again until you said it just now because I was too busy thinking of the dragon cocoon. It's... But no, they fold Chinook up like a piece of paper. Like, like his really laundry almost. Yeah, like sheets. He just folds <laughs> up while going... Ah. <laughs> uh, the realms are separated again in the cheapest possible manner with stills of various... <laughs> Earth landmarks looking it's, normal. It's so bad. <laughs> and Luke Hag finds himself in front of his fellow monks at the Shaolin Temple. Uh, Jackson and Sonya <laughs> see the Elder Gods return life to Raiden. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at the stock images of the world returning to normal. I know. Which, by the way, consists only of three stock photos. <laughs> the aforementioned bridge. The aforementioned Twin Towers. And the Eiffel Tower. Right. Well, uh, those three landmarks... The only three landmarks yeah. the people working on this film seemed to know, <laughs> two of which were in America. Uh, so Jack and Sonya see the Elder Gods return uh, life to Raiden. Raiden, sorry. Whew. <gasps> and tell him that he will assume his father's place among them. Uh, Raiden then tells the Earth Realm warriors to look out for each other, calling them a family, and buggers off. And that's the end. Yeah. And that that in itself is wondrous. Yeah. Because it yeah, just like it, it, abandons it's, everything. It's the only way for that escalation to stop. Because it, you, just yes. have to, you just have to, you know, like, when you have a gangrenous limb, right? Like, you have a, a, a <laughs> foot, right? And you injure your toe. And it gets gangrenous. And and you're interested in it, right? You're curious, and you want to give it some time to see how this develops. But eventually, there comes a point where you just have to cut off the leg. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and and what I also like is that, like the last film, it wanted to have a sequel hook, but unlike the last film, didn't 
want to bother making a big deal out of it, like some big showy cliffhanger. So they just threw in a line of Raiden saying, I'll be keeping an eye on you. Just to say, you know, oh, we can come back and have more adventures. But right now we're done with this shit. And thank God. Which, as you say, the perfect deflating way to end a film that just built up and built up and built up and then just stopped. Much like this. Yeah, we're doing Ratchet and Clank next time. Bye. Suckers!